Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Big Week in Gaming podcast. And yes, it has been a big week in gaming. I'm into God for episode 35 on Sunday, the 14th of March, 2021. As always, I'm joined by the official P3 himself nominated and approved Xbox Hall of Famer and number one challenger to the mantle of the greatest Xbox RPG player in the world, Swinney. Hello, big wiggers. <laughs> and the guy in the middle, the gamer anti-gamer, the sudden Harvest Moon and Story of Season history buff, Mike. Hello, hello. <laughs> in this week's show, we'll be discussing Microsoft sealing the Bethesda deal, PAX Australia moving forward and returning in physical form in 2021, and Mike reviews the latest Harvest Moon series game, Harvest Moon One World. Wait, I'm doing that this week? I thought that was next week. Oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, Let me right. get my Switch. You guys keep talking. <laughs> Uh, so as always, always, if you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash bigwigpod. Follow us on Twitter, which is bigwigpod as well. Uh, and then if you are following us on podcast service, make sure you give us a review, five star rating. Anything else is unacceptable. I'll come at you. I'll find you. I'll track you down. I'll use my hacking skills. Anyway, let's jump into corrections as we normally do. Mike, do you have a correction this week? No, not really. No, no, no. Uh, oh, wait, wait. There was one thing, wasn't there? Yes, yes. I gave Minecraft on Switch a bit of crap. Now, I don't know if that's because my memory was was not serving me correctly, which is very much possible because I do think I suffer from slight amnesia sometimes. But I said that the version that I played on the Switch didn't run very well when I played it ages ago. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but all I can say <laughs> is I played it again straight after the podcast and it was amazing. It ran really nicely. It uh, it played really well. So either they patch stuff or, yeah, I don't ne- know what happened. Never have I heard you care so much about something. You were like, oh, man, can we quickly go make an edit to yeah, the show? I felt really <laughs> bad. So I seriously don't know. Maybe like it was glitching out of me or something when I played it way back when it first came out and stuff on the Switch. I like how now you doubt your oh, original I, story that you had. I really <laughs> doubt, my, I doubt my memory. I swear to God, I doubt my memory. So all I can say is... I played I played it a little bit on the Switch and it's freaking amazing on the Switch. It's so cool. <laughs> I, so. I I have what I term a correction. Uh, so for me, I still don't like the art style of the new Ghost and Goblins Resurrection game. I am a huge, huge, huge fan of the original arcade Ghost and Goblins, but I have watched a lot of gameplay of the game, and the game looks really good. I still don't like the art style, but the actual gameplay, the way it plays, the mechanics, everything, it looks really good. It looks like, I love the arcade game's brutality. Like, it was just a quarter sucker. And I never beat that game. It's so, so, so hard. Um, but I might actually pick it up. It's so expensive, though, at the moment. It's like 45 Australian dollars for that it's game. Th- that, that that's, I think that's game, too much. I think that's a 25 to $30 game. But I'll, yeah, I'll keep probably. an eye on it when it goes on sale. Wait, did you say it's $45? Yeah, Australian. What the hell? Yeah, so you're all like with me. Like, that's too much. That's too much. That's taking the piss a bit. But I, but I remember... I remember when like Xbox Live Arcade style games reached the like twenty five dollar thirty dollar price point. Everyone's like, "Oh, well, I guess this is the norm now." And then mm. suddenly, you know, I know that those days are long gone. But forty five dollars—that's that's well. I'll talk about a game that's seventy dollars a little later in in, in this. <laughs> yeah, that's and my right. thoughts as to whether it deserves <laughs> to be seventy dollar game. <laughs> maybe that's why you're so thrown off by the thing. Uh, maybe maybe we'll we'll hand to you, Mike. Uh, what have you been playing this week? Well, so obviously the number one thing that I've been playing because I'm doing a review on it for mm. weeks is Harvest Moon One World. 
I won't spoil anything because I'll do I'll do a bit more of a review towards the end of, uh, bit of, a of the show. A bit of a yeah, teaser. Could a bit be of a teaser. Could be a new you know highlight in the series. Could be competing against Stardew Valley. Could, who knows? Could well be. <laughs> it's not. It's absolute <laughs> trash. <laughs> but we'll talk about it a bit later. So that was the main thing that I've been playing, and I've been playing it a little bit of uh, La Noire. On the Switch, which is the superior version, regardless of what Sony Agreed. says. It's the, it's the official Having big now week. played all of them. Yep. Two two versus one, so two it's the official. One. Sorry, Swinney. Edict. Uh, you're you're in, in this as well now, Swinney. Yeah, so, you're in It's it. okay. I, I don't mind being the only one that's right sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. It, it is. If if uh, We'll talk about it again in a future episode when we, when we you know, go into the details of that game. But I've played it now on all three... Well, yeah, three, technically. So on Xbox... Uh, Series X, um, PC, <laughs> which still run at thirty on PC. That's the worst. That's agreed. And on Switch, and Switch is by far the best for so many different reasons, mm. including the fact that it it's actually it wasn't just a a plain old port. It actually has proper touch controls and stuff. Have you hit the slowdown yet? Really okay. cool. Yeah, look, there are a few places where it was, but it's not it's not distracting enough. But did you find really it weird that it slows the game down? It doesn't drop frames. Yeah, I thought that was weird to me. Again, it's like. It, it it's it's seriously if that's the thing that stops people from getting it compared to other consoles, it should not be. Mm. It absolutely shouldn't be. There's it's just it's so many other positives about it compared to playing it on PC or on console. That yeah, get it on on Switch. So that was it. What about you guys? What have you been playing? How about you, Swinny? Uh, so oh, this week it's been a bit of an interesting week. It's been a bit of a, a yin and yang. Uh, I don't know. Is that cultural appropriation these days? It's, it's hard to tell. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, it's a, it's a Sweden swing. I don't know. <laughs> now, now I think that's a cultural Sweden appropriation. Swing. <laughs> I mean, just saying the words okay. is not, but then you taking it, putting your own thing on it. <laughs> like to have a swing and swag. Yeah. That, that's now you put the Indian headdress on and go into the big day out. That's when it gets bad. <laughs> At least I haven't, like, put on some other headdress and stormed the US Capitol or something. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I finished off uh, Assassin's Creed 3 Liberation. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Like, it's done. It's done and dusted. That means for my um, for my news resolution of all Assassin's Creed achievement completions on Xbox, I've got two games left, which is Rogue Remastered and Pirates. So I started Rogue Remastered, and god damn, I love this game. Like, Rogue is so cool. It's such a love letter to the series and to the fans as well. So not only does, does the game dive deep and provide really cool info about the series, all the series characters up to that point, but it provides it from the perspective of the Templars, no less. So you get this really, really cool take on that you didn't really know about some of the characters, like the main villain of the first part and blah, blah, blah. And it connects Assassin's Creed 3, Black Flag and Unity in a really, really cool way. So it's Rogue is probably the most underappreciated of the series, I think. You know, that's uh, funny you say that because, you know, obviously I listen, well, not obviously, but I listen to a lot of podcasts and I often hear Rogue being people's favorite, which that, that doesn't jive with, you know, other sort of official, not official list, but like Metacritic and all this other kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the one that a lot of people go, oh, this is like the best Assassin's Creed style Assassin's Creed game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Um, I... It's such a shame that it kind of got overshadowed by the whole Unity kerfuffle when that game came out because yeah, that's wild. We've said we've said before they came out the same day. Rogue came out for the 360 PS3 <laughs> so generation and Unity for the generation after. Can, and- I, can I just ask quickly on that? Like, will that ever happen again? 
where you have a franchise and it has two distinct games and they just go, okay, we're going to release it on the same day. That's I don't know. I can't think of it. Like, and they're such they're huge game. They're both huge games. Like, Rogue isn't some half-assed kind of like I, you know people do talk about a bit of Black Blade two point five, but that is doing it a huge disservice. It's despite being built on the bones of Black Flag, it has such a different feel from the other games. It's almost like the Majora's Mask of the series. That's the way it feels when I'm replaying it. And it's like they took all the good elements of Assassin's Creed three emerged into the framework of Black Flag. It's like the perfect blend. Mm. And honestly, by the time I go through it again and complete it all again, I may even feel like I need to do like a 1.1 revision of like my tier list because it will probably remind me of how good Rogue is. <laughs> You're going to do gonna, a revision? Are you going to put wow, on wow, a seat wow. up or down? Oh no, no. But, so, yeah. no. He's going to revise my idea. Oh, no, not again. Another no, tier my list. idea is, right, that stands because that's like... You can react to your tier that's list. What no, <laughs> what, what I can do is just do like... Honestly? What an idiot. <laughs> no, what I'm thinking... Put it at hey, let me, let me finish with my idea. So what I'm thinking I might do is say, hey, after replaying um, the, some games... I might just do like an image update and put it as a comment, you know, something like that. So yeah, I think that'd probably be like, hey, this is, you know, this is like a 1.1 and maybe when the next Assassin's Creed game comes out, I'm, that's a way I could probably add on to that. So it's like a living, a living tier list. Mm. Um, so the, well, well, I think it's so, I think it's like our corrections every week, you know, opinions yeah. change, but, times change. We change our views on things when we get new information. I yeah. So but before you move, I, before you move on to me, like I'm obsessed about this releasing games on the same day or roughly the same day. Cause that actually reminded me that Metroid fusion and Metroid prime released a day apart. Uh, that's comparable, I'd say, yeah. But it's so insane. It's like, it, it actually buried Metroid Fusion for a lot of people, which is a very, very good game. Not, a, to me, the same quality level as Super Metroid, but yeah, it's just, I don't know, like, why would you ever think of doing that? It just really baffles the mind for me. Yeah, I, there's obviously some thought process that goes into it, but mm. I don't think, I think history's shown us it's probably not the wisest way to do no, it. No, no. Um, but the thing I really just want to just, talk about and this is going to be a bit of a rant is as divine cross so i planned on reviewing this game and then i decided as i played through it that it's kind of hard for me to review a chemco exe create game because they're so similar to each other that it's hard for me to balance talking about it as if people as if this is the stuff that i expect people to know about these games whereas obviously that's not what people listen to review for right Um, So I decided I'm not going to review it, but I just wanted to kind of just quickly just mention it here. So it's actually a very solid game, standard, honestly, EXE Create Fair, a bit more stripped back, less crap to worry about. Um, It's actually a game that released quite a while ago, and it's been around on mobile for a while, but they kind of remade it with the newer engine and mechanics of EXE Create games. And so as a game, it's, it's pretty standard, solid, you know, nothing to scream on about, but not horrible. Um, but for a completionist like myself, it's been a nightmare. Um, so if anyone doesn't know, the Chemco published RPGs are very straightforward completions. They still take a while. They still take over 20 hours, most of them. This one, I've spent like at this point over 40 hours on it. And I'm just like, and I still haven't, don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so for that full completion, they require you to do two entire playthroughs, which is honestly not that bad because they lay to skip the cutscenes dialogue the second time around, which is okay. But not only do you have to learn every single enemy skill in the game by getting them to hit you for certain hit a certain character, including like in-game arena super boss moves, 
but this bloody training accelerator. So this is this is I mentioned that I have I really want to rant about something. So I didn't mention <laughs> this particular thing to you guys, what happened to me. So picture this. So the training accelerator is this optional kind of like end game thing where you can just fight monster after monster after monster. So it's basically a battle of one enemy at a time. Each time you defeat it, another one spawns from this box kind of enemy that's on the field that doesn't really do anything except spawn monsters. Mm-hmm. You can get super unlucky. You can have two super bosses spawn one after the other. You can get one shot of like all this crap, but that's actually not why I'm so pissed. Um, the goal, by the way, for me is to clear 100 levels of this, so 100 enemies. In one go, right? Yeah, Obviously. so basically you yeah. just kill one enemy and another one spawns. Okay. So I was finally going well. And I didn't know, but I didn't know how far I was because you don't know, am I, is this the 75th enemy, the 85th? You don't know, right? You're not keeping a tally on your phone or something? It's, uh, I'm not going to sit there each time I do this counting. Uh, like, hey, they have, they have a lot of COVID counters now. So. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so basically I was finally going well. So I killed the latest enemy that was there and another one doesn't appear. Oh. So I'm like, okay, I keep doing my turns. I put on auto battle. I heal up. I buff, and I start attacking that box. Just nothing happens. No uh, can I just take spawning. that clip out of out of context? <laughs> anyway, I heal up. Um, I buff. I keep attacking that box. <laughs> Go on. Um, so I was stuck in this hell that, and I left the auto battle on for 30 minutes and nothing happened. The game just bugged out. It was oh, spawning nice. enemies. From what I can tell, I can't find anything about people saying they had a similar situation. And I don't think Kirk, many people are in your situation. EXE so. <laughs> Crate games aren't, aren't buggy. Like yeah. you say what you want about them being like RPG Maker, rinse, repeat, copy, paste games. They're not buggy. And so, all right. Are they actually made an RPG maker? No, they're not. But they, okay. that's a common. But they they have their own RPG maker, right? Pretty well, much. Okay, they're cool enough. <laughs> yeah. so, Fair enough. All right. So I killed myself <laughs> because I at least wanted to see how far I got. I got to level 95. Oh, no. I was so pissed off Ooh. because this is like the, the last hard part I need to do in the game. Mm. And I was just like, I put the game down. I'm like, I'm, I'm not coming back to you for like two weeks. I'm so pissed off. <laughs> wow. at this, this. Can I just so, ask, Winnie? Oh, you, man, I was just fucking pissed off. They, they do have a reputation, right, for being a bit, you know, like of an Achievo sort of dump. A little bit. Oh, yeah. Do, do yeah. you think there's any validity to my theory that They've made this extra hard just so that they can always point to it and say, well, th- look at this one. This one doesn't have a very high percentage completion. We don't, don't just make know. games that are easy. This is this is the first game. Like Some of them had the odd tricky thing, but generally it's just a bit grindy. It's just like, okay, it's just going to take me a bit of time to sit here and leveling this weapon up. There's, there's so many things I can take out of context in this little spiel oh, that you've man. had. I love anyway, it. <laughs> that was, I just wanted to rant about that. Bloody as divine. That is, that is rough though. That is rough. I think if you knew it was 95, I would have just like waited longer and tried to. I don't think it would have done anything. Nothing yeah, was happening, so. man. Like when I say auto battle, like the, like each turn's taking like half a second. Can you, can wow. you so like imagine suspend the minutes. game and resume it and. I don't know, try to get it going again. I just, at that point, I was just like, I'm... I'm... Nah, that box got smashed too many times. <laughs> and there's only one person that's done the full completion in the world, yeah? At that time, I haven't checked wow. um, re- recently, but that just goes to show you how much more difficult this is than the other ones. By now, you would have had at least, like, 20 people complete it. So. And, and how many more Chemco games have you got to complete? No, this is... 
I'm up to date. This is the newest one. Oh, so you yeah. can you can do Latest a tier list. You greatest. can do a tier list. I can do a tier well, this list. Is, this but, is trash trash tier automatically. But I'm no. What I'm going to do is because there's so angry at it. I'm probably going to do a tier list towards the end of the year because oh. they release one each month. So, but I, what I, a, yeah, I think like no, no. I reckon it's better if you just do the tier list and then we do short videos of you adding to the tier list. <laughs> And then, the then we can do the annual re-tier list of Chemco games. We can dominate um, the Chemco tier list market. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a market a lot of people are interested in. Man, we, yeah, anyway. I like that. My, I think we should That's my week. We How's yours been? It's a uh, great week. Yeah, like I haven't played that many games, but I've been getting through Donkey Kong Country Returns because we'll be covering it in next week's show. So we've since episode five, we've been running through the Donkey Kong Country series. Very slowly, obviously. It's like episode 35 now. Uh, yeah, I've got thoughts on the game. I'm really going to be interested to see what you guys say about the game next week as well. Don't, yeah, don't so, say anything. So I still need to get my hands on a Wii. I did get copies of the game, multiple copies <laughs> yeah, of the game. Yeah, you've got it on everything, but you don't well, have the consoles to play it. This is exactly what happened with... This is kind of, kind of what happened with uh, with LA Noir, but unintentionally. I got it on, on Wii, and then I forgot that I put... Uh, not a bid. It was it was a buy now option thing on eBay on 3ds, and I totally forgot about it because the person didn't reply until the last second. Oh, it was like a two day bid thing, and then in the last second they agreed. Oh, they I accepted. Yeah, I guess accepted it makes and sense. I forgot it about it. So I'm like, ah, whatever. You got to get I'll a good that price. one too. Then I would have I would have bought it off. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not not, and it, it'll be cool to compare it to. Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping I can squeeze it in. or give it enough justice next week. It's not it's not like La Noire. You legit. There isn't a definitive version of this game. Unfortunately, I feel like this mm. game should come out on Switch because that could easily yeah. be the definitive version then. Yeah, uh, the, the other one was, and this is just more that struck me. It's not worth a story or anything like that. And, and you know, more to you, Swinny, but did you know, because Halo Infinite is one of our, you know, and this will very neatly segue into the next seg- section, but Halo Infinite, I didn't realize it's a spiritual, this is their quote, spiritual reboot. What as in? That's what they call it. The and then crash no, kind of? no. What? It's a spiritual, a spiritual reboot, reboot. <laughs> which means now, Swinney, can you explain that term to me? What? I think they're probably talking about it as they want this to kind of be rather than thinking of like Halo Four, Halo Five. Yeah, this yeah. is kind of like the next. So it's part a reboot, of the Halo. Then, isn't it? Restart no, the because Halo. the storyline continues on from a Halo Five. <laughs> That's what I think is so weird. Well, so it's not a spiritual... But that's what I'm thinking they're talking about is... That, like, spiritual means it, okay, it's not really, but it's kind of in the vein of one. So I think that's what they're talking about. It's more, okay, the series, the, from a gameplay standpoint, from, okay, we don't want this to be... You know, it's not titled Halo 6. In yeah, I get way, it. You know, so, so, so. so is it kind of like how Andromeda, you could you could argue, yeah. is a spiritual reboot of the Mass Effect yeah. series? Uh, I'd okay. say that's the yeah. comparable situation. All right, cool, cool. But I just think it's a reboot then... I guess it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I hate this term, spiritual reboot. I hope it doesn't catch on. I only noticed it. It, it caught my eye because they reiterated that it's a spiritual reboot recently. And and the other one is, I think the way they've been drip-feeding content around Halo Infinite is not working. Like, you know, because they're doing monthly posts on it. They're just not really capturing attention with people. It's Fair looking enough. interesting, the game, but they need people to... People are pretty wary now, though. But I don't think the marketing machine's gone hard on it yet. No. So no. I think when no. that happens, then I think that'll... People forget yeah. that they just drip-fed this stuff. I think that's honestly just for the hardcore fans. I think you're right. I think the, I think the strategy internally is, hey, let's let's get some buyback from the hardcore fans. 
So that's why it's focused very much on the hardcore stuff hmm. of what they've changed. Um, yeah, this spiritual reboot, I, I don't know, it doesn't sit well with me. I guess you could even argue God of War is a spiritual reboot because it is actually connected yeah. Yeah. with the series, yeah. but it's totally also a bit of a reboot. I, I hate this there's term, spiritual of, reboot. There's heaps of examples <laughs> you could throw out there, but I mean, honestly, I don't know if that term's going to catch on. I, God, I hope not. It's it's strange. Spiritual successor or sequel is great, but yeah, not spiritual reboot. But It's not a sequel either. So. No, hmm. no. But talking about Microsoft, let's jump into our headliner. So, Microsoft seals the Bethesda deal. So, after all the checks and balances, regulator approval, lots of interest. Shady uh, backroom dealings. <laughs> from the EU, the US... Bethesda is now officially, and ZeniMax, is uh, officially part of Microsoft. Uh, nice. This is actually, I know people feel like it's very slow, but this is a really quick acquisition. It's about six months, so September 2020, uh, when it was announced, given that it's a billion dollar, multiple billion dollar acquisition. This means that Microsoft now, along with all the other sort of Microsoft first party studios, they have Eid, Arcane, Tango Work, Gameworks, Bethesda Game Studios, obviously, and from an IP perspective, it's just almost ridiculous with the Elder Scrolls Fallout, Doom, Wolfenstein, Quake, Starfield, Evil Within. It's just insane. And there's other ones that we haven't even Some mentioned. Some really good strong IPs in that, yeah. And, and you know, I, th- I think they did a really great job, and we'll, we'll talk about it now, is just uh, with the roundtable. And, mm-hmm. you know, jumping in straight away with I- exclusivity and what it means on the next platform. So, Swinney, like... You know, Phil Spencer, it was the first question he was asked from an exclusivity point of view. Number one, what did he say? And then number two, what do you think it actually means and what that translates into with games like Starfield? So basically, he upfront said, you know, they have existing um, responsibilities to, you know, multi-platform titles, um, whether or not they're contractual obligations before they acquired Bethesda or just support for existing games, just like the situation with Mojang and Minecraft and all that stuff. But he then essentially said that, you know, and this is a quote from him, that gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC mm. players. So... Now that they can talk about this stuff, because you know, in the, in the roundtable, are very clear that they couldn't really do a, talk much because you know, legally, you know, they yeah, it, it would be to totally illegal for them to talk. Yeah. So <laughs> like, they. Yeah. So now that they am, uh, they they are. They were very ambiguous before, but now it's it is much clearer. It's not still one hundred percent clear, but. It's pretty much saying that, you know, the new titles will be exclusive to platforms that have Game Pass on it. So take that from but not, what you Not know. all the new titles, just some of the new titles. Uh, that's yeah. pretty much, I think, the message from this is that the, these titles will be coming to platforms with Game Pass. Well, and I thought that was so fascinating that he didn't alliterate it as Xbox and PC, Game Pass, blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's, it's almost like to me, and maybe I'm going way too deep into it, but to me it felt like almost like a bit of a jab at Nintendo and PlayStation and maybe even Apple kind of going, well, if you want these games on your platform, let us have Game Pass on your platform. Exactly. That is mm. 100% yeah. what I take this from. And I think that's fair. Mm. I think that's actually a really fair kind of balance with this. I don't think PlayStation would ever allow Game Pass on there, but I could be proven wrong. But... Um, I think that's kind of almost like they could essentially, you know, I don't know if it makes business sense, but they could have these completely exclusive not put on PlayStation like Starfield, Nell Scrolls 6 and whatnot. But 
that's almost like an olive branch there, you know. Yeah, that look, would I, also make the <laughs> an olive branch with leaves of money on it because obviously, you know, <laughs> if they got Game Pass on PlayStation user uh, user base, that would be. I genuinely point. couldn't imagine almost any scenario where Game Pass would be on PlayStation. That would be. No. No, Honestly, no, it'd be the most no. shocking game news that I'd ever have seen. Purpose of it, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just no, from a strategy point of view, it makes zero yeah. sense. It makes yeah. negative sense, but I, I do see a world where it goes on Nintendo, just because the kind of games that are coming out on Game Pass. Yes, there is a crossover with you know games that you can purchase on Nintendo's platform, but especially with the innovations around X Cloud or you know game streaming, as it's just called now in the states. That's that's where like Nintendo, if they can get a cut of that revenue, which they would have to, uh, you know, I could really see a world where it makes sense. Like that's that's a nice complementary product for Nintendo versus, you know, like on PlayStation, it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So I just quickly about the roundtable itself. Mm-hmm. This to me, this was a very very mixed presentation for me. So they had a whole bunch of people there from you know from the Bethesda side and the Xbox side. And I loved hearing from the studios, you know, about halfway through the roundtable, they then start covering, they go and they speak to key people from Arcane, yeah, like Bethesda that and Id. And that was really, really good because, mm. you know, it was very much, it was almost like an inter- internal kind of roundtable. Like they were talking so much about the internal relationships between studios. But the other part of it was just very masturbatory for me. Yeah. It was just like, oh, this is so good. It's Xbox is so it, good. Yeah. Game Pass is so good. And it just got, I got sick of it. You no, you didn't. First. We all know you are the, no, you're oh, the Xbox shill. You love no. it. You're like. Hey, you're, you project that on me. I, I, I'm not, a, <laughs> hey, I'm not point, the one with green on my uh, face cam thing. <laughs> uh, but no, at some point You're I was like, okay, like all right, this just this just feels just really like it's a big deal. I'm not saying it's not a big deal, and they have cause to brag about it. But it just was a bit like Phil Spencer. Outside of Phil Spencer, I think everything he said was great, but everything else also just felt super rehearsed as well. So it just didn't feel very natural. Whereas yeah, Phil Spencer's there, just feeling like the most naturally speaking person of the group, like he's not a robot, you know. But other than that, look, I thought it was good. Um, and they also mentioned that, and I've, I have a bit of a, an issue with the way they message this, but it's, it's fair that 20 Bethesda games are now available across games. Yes. And pretty much I'll, so many places reporting, there's 20 new games in there. It's 12 new games, but the way their message was, there's now 20 now available in Game Pass, which is awesome. Um, in total, I'm not going to yeah. complain about it. So no, they should have taken them and... off Game Pass for one day and then brought <laughs> yeah, them, and back then put them back. We'll, on. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll we'll cover the actual but... full list in the bargain bin. Um, yeah. and yeah. they're also planning to um, add FPS boost support for I think five of them. Exactly. Um, which I'm yeah I'm really excited about. Prey and especially Dishonored Definitive Edition because I bought that game full price on Xbox One and was so pissed and I didn't do my research. It's my problem, my fault. That it wasn't running at sixty. I was like, "Why is this game not <laughs> I like, running?" At 60? This is this is your quintessential <laughs> example of a game that you hate that wasn't sixty, and you don't oh, understand why. Dishonored is like, yeah, it's just like, man, why? You know. <laughs> so if that's running at a solid sixty with that FPS boost, then it actually will get me to go back and play the game. So, and, and just talking about length, and you know, like we probably can't judge too much given that we have podcasts that run well over three hours, but yeah, the event was way too long. Like. I was always going to watch the whole thing. Obviously, we talk about it on the show. But as a general punter, like, it's very strange, this roundtable. It felt very inside baseball, very 
almost more for the games media in a weird way than yeah. even for people who will follow it on games and media, if that makes any sense. Yeah, of course, they should, they should have shortcutted it. But, I mean, it is a huge thing oh, yeah. in the industry, so I can kind of see why. And there were a lot of people involved in a lot of studios, and you can't just brush through them and go, oh, yeah, and this person and this person, this studio, we don't really care about them enough to even put them on screen. So I feel like they had to go that length, if that makes sense, just because of how many studios are involved, how many people, you know, would have wanted to talk about stuff. So it was inevitable it was going to be that Maybe, but I still think you can make it more punchy. And, like, really, like, the biggest announcements are the exclusivity stance. And I do want to Mm. loop back to it because I know we we got your take on it, Swinney, but... Didn't get your take, Michael, my take. But um, I, I just felt that the biggest announcement was that. And then also, hey, we're going to have a summer event, which I mean, like, come on. Of course, you're going to have a summer event. But uh, yeah, that it, it felt like very much a 30 to 40 minute event that went for like 75 minutes from memory, which is really long for something like this. Hmm. But just, yeah, really just, just quickly I, looping back to the exclusivity, Mike. Um, because, I, yeah. look, I, I think I'm kind of wrong about it. I said that I think some of these major games will be timed exclusives. So, you know, stuff like Starfield, Elder Scrolls Six. I feel like it will be on Xbox and then 18 to 24 months later it'll come out yes. on PlayStation. I don't think that's the case now, listening to what Phil Spencer said. I, I, so, so my takeout is that some stuff will become exclusive, not all stuff that... As the combined studio, the sure. well, combined studios. But the big. Let's talk about the big games. So, so stuff like the big games. I, I don't know. I, I think. Mm, I think in some ways they might be shooting themselves in the foot if they completely exclude all the other platforms for stump, something like Starfield, as an example. Will they get enough, you know, sales of Xboxes and people justifying Game Pass? to counteract all the losses they would make not being able to sell it on PlayStation. Well, it's mm. interesting. When you see the know. numbers, the initial numbers of what platform Skyrim sold the most on, like Xbox 360 was by far the most, and then eventually PC overtook. So, mm. and I think, I don't know if part of that is because at the time um, PS3, I don't think the version of Skyrim was on PS3. The PS3 at launch was very good so i think maybe that might have had something to do with it because i don't know i had a feeling in that generation a lot more people had both consoles if mm. that makes sense i was just showing my copy of skyrim on 360 <laughs> yeah. um you yeah, know so i think you're right i think you're right in it, Swinney. But, yeah. but i i think one big thing mike is like the halo effect it has because I, I know Swinney hates this as the xbox shill of the podcast mm. but like genuinely and i looked at it analytically and objectively and i just look at the xbox one and the lineup, and I'm like, it just doesn't have games to compel me it need, to, to go, why yeah. would I get it? Whereas I was going to mention that too, it needs I, something. I had a PS3 and an Xbox 360, not that I played it that much, like I played it a bit, but each platform had a suite of exclusive games that gave a halo to the whole platform. And I think when you have Doom 3, you know, in terms of the spiritual reboot of the series, um, you know, you have Doom 3 and then you have Elder Scrolls 6 and you have Starfield and whatever else is going to be coming out, that becomes a bit of a halo around the Xbox Series X where you're like, okay, like, that's a pretty good lineup, you know, and you can only play yeah, yeah. it there or on I PC you, yeah. versus PlayStation 5. You know, it you won't win on the sales of those games in particular, but do you win overall? Well, I think it's a balancing act. It's It's having enough to have clear IPs that mm. draw people to that particular platform. But, but also not completely alienating the market. Mm. 
but of again, which there is more than just Xbox. So I think we need to forget. We need to also stop really thinking about the console standpoint. Like this is all about Game Pass. That's mm. true. So I think like the that's that's what they want. They just you know that's that's why they went so hard on this dual PC. That's a good thing, point. You know, so. Although every time you say that, the games I want to play on Game Pass are only yeah, available on console. <laughs> like no joke. I, I don't know if New Vegas is on PC or not. I'm dumb. I don't know. Uh, so I, I don't think, think it reason, is. I think the reason why New Vegas isn't in Game Pass is because I think they no um, no it's not on Game Pass PC. For, so. PC. Yeah, yeah yeah. So that's what I meant. It um, is for console. Is because I think there's there were probably quite a few issues with that game um, and they oh, probably okay. had issues trying to get that on the Windows Store mm. in its form that it's good. But you can get it so. super cheap anyway through But it's, it sounds like it's not a good PC store. game, so... Well, no, I, they, I think they just... That's what it's I think now. a lot of people have said, the reason oh, why that okay. potentially is yeah. in the, the case. Okay. So. I, I don't know. I always yeah. find it that I, I can't... Or, like, I don't get in the... The X Cloud beta program for Australia. <laughs> it's like well, I've got iOS device. I think, <laughs> maybe, I maybe, think it's time. Maybe one. maybe stopped insulting them on the show every week. Yeah, <laughs> there's also that. Accept. You're probably on Phil's blacklist. He's got a little. Black I have to book. say, it would be just trolls the internet. It'd be so and funny if they did blacklist me. <laughs> I wish they told me. That'd be really funny. I was oh, like, you won't hear about it. <laughs> no, I would never hear about it. You just never get invited <laughs> to anything. So no, it was, yeah, a, it was a good event. Like I, I you know, kind of just to round it up. Like I, I, I thought it was a really cool event. It actually did get hmm. me energized for Xbox. To be honest, it did. not that but I'll one, buy one, but it, yeah, I was like mm. one really quick thing. I was just going to add before we finish the segment is what I really liked is how they touched on the collaboration between the studios. Mm. So having the events where they can showcase each other's work and where they can go to each other for inspiration. And, and, and I think that's freaking awesome. That is probably actually out of all the things that were said, the thing that stuck in my mind the most, this, this really cool idea of being able to collaborate with the other studios for ideas. I um, work, you know, help on the engine of anything. It sounds so cool to be able to do that. I've, yeah. I've got a prediction. Go on. I think we're going to see Quake. Like a, a not a Quake oh, Legends okay. or anything. Like that. Dude, I think we're going to see a new Quake. I think it's, we're going to see a new it's Quake. It's so funny you said that all the way through the presentation because I am a huge fan of Quake. I'm obsessed about Quake. I love Quake so much. And Quake's almost two series. You've got like Quake One and that whole kind of like style, and then you've got Quake mm. Two with that style, and it's it feels like two series in one. It's quite weird, and I love that about Quake as well. But yeah, I was like hanging for just a. a you know, sure, I'd still want multiplayer if it's Quake, obviously, but I just want a single-player Quake experience that's of the level of, like, a Doom. And I have... I think it will come from Eid. I, it sounds Ooh, weird. It dude, sounds, you're getting me excited here. I think it sounds weird Quake, to say that because you think, oh, of course, but then, you know, <laughs> like, Machine Games is, done, is doing Wolfenstein. I yeah. think it will come from Eid. I think that will be the next thing they do. So, because yeah. they're, they're finalising the, the last DLCs for... Doom Eternal, which, by the way, don't seem to be going that well because everything I hear about it, Quake, uh, sorry, Doom Eternal is quite difficult, and the DLC is just like another level of difficulty oh, above geez. that. Like I'm talking yeah, it's, it's way past Dark game, Souls. Yeah, huh. like people are that bad. No, wow. no, dude, people are bailing and they're like very good at the game. Huh. They're like, this is freaking impossible. The DLC. Okay. I, was, I was reading that apparently because I'm I'm playing Doom Eternal, but apparently they're adding a really cool like HUD that's closer to the crosshair, and they're actually saying it's like that oh. once you once you go like once you use this, it'll be so hard to go back. 
So it'd be cool to see what they're doing, like adding that to Doom Eternal. And yeah, some updates. That, that's so. that's actually really smart if they integrate it into the crosshair itself. Yeah, that that, that whole series and it, we've got to talk about them one day. Like the revitalization of that studio is like one of the greatest second acts I've ever seen in the game studio. It's just incredible. it really is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like I know, and we'll talk about Doom Three one day, but yeah, just the journey from that and to get to Doom Twenty Sixteen is just incredible, really. Uh, but yeah, look, Microsoft, very, very good deal, very smart, very excited to see the summer event, uh, and hopefully we'll see Starfield shortly. I think, that, and you know, then find out where it's going to go, and if it's only on uh, Game Pass and on X, Xbox and also PC only, which would be interesting. All right, let's get into our next video, uh, next segment. Sorry. So uh, much to probably the amazement of our US and European <laughs> listeners and viewers. PAX Australia is coming back this year in physical format in October. Uh, so the organisers, Reed Pop, have announced that uh, this Wednesday that the ev- event will be back. Uh, there will be obviously restrictions to some degree. Uh, you know, they'll be observing whatever capacity is allowed uh, at the event itself. So I don't think we'll be seeing a PAX as full as it was two years ago and prior to that. Uh, The event is scheduled on the 8th of October through to the 10th of October in uh, the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre in Victoria, my home state, not that I live there anymore. Uh, And the good thing that they're doing as well is they'll be refunding any tickets if, for whatever reason, there's COVID-19 restrictions. So if Melbourne goes to another like third or fourth lockdown, then then yeah, they'll refund the tickets, which I think is just Third sensible. Fourth. Aren't we up to like the fifth? I don't know. Now? You guys are you guys are getting a bit yeah, out of control. Some... But thank God that it's all under control at the moment. So I, I like you know the PAX expert on the panel, Mike. Yeah. Uh, number one, are you excited about <laughs> this? Expert. Are you nervous about this? Are you? So uh, look, I want to sound excited. No, <laughs> mixed. So I went to PAX uh, back in 2013. I mm-hmm. think it was um, s- s- some. I think it was the first one that I, that actually came to Australia, and it was pretty cool. But it was a bit rough uh, in terms of too many people uh, being crammed into uh, into the place. They obviously didn't cater, you know, size wise on some of the panels that they had to be able to get people in. So I missed out on a ton of stuff mm. that I wanted to do. Um, you know, you'd line up and you just couldn't get in, and it ended up just being just a way to catch up with people and you know, sort of see a few things here and there. Um, I think they fixed that from what I heard in subsequent years, which is obviously a great thing. Um, but, you know, personally, it kind of just left that little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah. If that makes sense. Just because just it tainted that very first experience that I had. Now, in saying that, it was also an awesome experience because I got to meet a whole bunch of people. Um, I, used to, I used to be uh, somewhat active, you know, mildly active on a certain website back then uh, called Kotaku. And I did, you know, get to meet a lot of the people that I'd be chatting to on a daily basis in person, which I think was awesome. And, you know, I still keep in touch with some of those people to this day, which, which is really cool. Hmm. Um, so, so I think the event is fantastic and we don't really have anything like that in Australia. And, and the cosplay was really cool. I remember I sent you guys a whole bunch of pics of, of, it was actually, here's, here's the thing, something you can't do this year and you probably won't be able to do for many years to come if ever again. Uh, you know, giving hugs to random people and stuff like that. Like, there's a whole bunch of I've got my arms around Master Chef, 
and I've got <laughs> <Master Chef. laughs> sorry, I'm going to keep calling him that. Uh, I've got my my arms around a uh, what was it called? Like that, that Energizer battery booth and Batman girls. and Booth Girls and whatnot. Booth Girls are banned now, aren't they? I don't know. Mm. Probably. So, so you're using Booth Girls, Booth Babes was the term. Thank you very much. Oh, well, I'm trying to like soften what, it a bit. I don't know what the term <laughs> but is. But that was the term yeah. because it's alliterative, you know. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I'll apply to be one. I'll just I'll just put a dress on. And I, I can be like Borat, Booth, Mankini, Booth, Babe, Booth Borat, Mankini, Borat, Mike Booth guy. Bollocks. <laughs> so, so look, in, in saying all that, I will get. I think I will. I will absolutely go this year. So when tickets become available, uh, I, I will go. Assuming, of course, you guys go go well, as well. Uh, you know, because I'm I'm interstate. For you guys, it's just like, oh, go, yeah, no, yeah, whatever. not quite as easy <laughs> yeah. as that. But yeah, for me, I need to book flights and things like that. I won't be able to drive down. And then flights, it always makes me nervous with the COVID restrictions. Just mm. how many friends from Sydney are trying to go back to Melbourne and then. They get their tickets cancelled, the flights cancelled at the last minute, or can't That's get problem, out, yeah. which is even, yeah. probably worse in my case. And I don't know if you get refunded for that kind of stuff. You, you'd probably be able you, to get. You do, but getting back, like some people got stuck in Melbourne with the well, last lockdown. So, well, there's a, there's a few problems though because so okay, so first of all, there's only as you said, ten thousand attendees per day that can go into it, which isn't a huge well that we know of now. Like who knows number. by October, right? Well, it might change, but they'll they'll potentially definitely be some restrictions which i think will mean there'll be limited tickets to begin with mm-hmm. in that sense um and secondly with, with the flights yeah you've got a bit of a difficulty because they might actually oh. cancel the event but they might not cancel flights yeah 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 yeah. so you you'll just have to come hang out and, yeah I will. look know, I, look I'm, I'm super keen if you're definitely gonna place. go I think if, yeah, if I'm going... I'll go if you go, and you'll go yeah, if yeah, I go, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I think we'll go. I don't, I don't <laughs> see a scenario where you just wouldn't go, because you're... I think we're about the same level in terms of, you know, the virus and, like, our, you know, protection and all that kind of stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I use protection, but I'm not, I'm not you know, scared of it. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. Practice safe virus... Hey, yeah, Mike, anyway. out of mm-hmm. interest, how much... Like, what did it cost to back? I guess back in 2013 to go to PAX. I actually don't remember. Something like $55 comes to mind, but I bought my ticket on the black market. Uh, <laughs> what? As in, as, in, as in, I missed out on the initial batch, what? and then and then I went on Gumtree, and I had to get a ticket off Gumtree. Oh, but wow. the guy gave it to me at cost price. So I was in Sydney at the time, and I met up with him somewhere in North Sydney from memory, and and he gave it to me at cost price, which was really cool of him. So it, well, he wasn't scalping or anything. Which oh, that's awesome. good. That's good. And I've actually, yeah, I've really actually cool done that before. I don't know why. Yeah, I should have made money. The whole scalping thing. <laughs> respectable, no, respectable scalper. Hate that shit. It's not. It's not uh, scalping if you're not making money. <laughs> what do you mean, respectable scalper? <laughs> yeah, just, no, just he gave me a cost price. He was awesome. I think a respectable scalper is you add maybe ten percent on, fifteen percent on. That's a respectable scalper. Well, give I me guess, a bit yes, of juice. Because, give me a bit of juice. <laughs> oh, yeah, to be fair, since we're talking about it, yes, I guess, because, you know, you got to take time out of your day, potentially yeah. out of work. You got to, you know, spend half an hour meeting up with someone or whatever it takes, going to a particular location, etc. So, yeah, okay, fair enough. You got to get paid for your time. But if, you know, people are asking two, three, five times the amount because of demand, I mean, they have every right to ask for it if they want, um, assuming it's, you know, it's a legit, mm. they can't go anymore because their partner is sick or something or their dog had an injury or whatever. But if it's, you know, they bought 20 tickets and are trying to resell them in the last minute knowing that there's going to be demand for it, that's just scummy. So what's the question, Swinney? This is leading somewhere. Hmm? What do you mean? 
Are you talking about the prices? Were you talking that about That was what? my question. Ah, yeah, asked? I don't remember. I, I think it was 55, but don't quote me oh, on that. That's For whatever reason it comes I'm, to mind. Yeah. I'm just actually also interested. I know they've just announced and they'll they'll start to give more information as they plan things because, you know, this mm-hmm. stuff takes a while. Um, but, you know, what are they going to do with the stations set up to play games? Are they going to sit there mm. wiping down the controllers each time? And uh, I know that hey, at, maybe at this point, Melbourne's can't. in a very good spot. And by then, you'd hope that our vaccination program has picked up a lot of speed because it's gone very slow at the moment. I, so yeah. I, I'm interested to see how that um, stuff plays out um, because just every thought in my head, and I've never been to a PAX or obviously need three, um, every thought in my head is just crowds of people packed together. And we know that I'm going to throw a bit of shade here on, on gamers. We're all gamers that it's not probably, you know, I, I'm not going to say that <laughs> I'm going to trust hey, the hygiene of hey, everyone hey, going to pack. Hey. Dude, no, but... I shower daily, thank you very much. And no, I we're... say that I'm into wrestling. I say that about them more so, you know. We're, we're all very good with the hygiene, but you're right. And it that, that also happens with the Smash community. And I know the Sydney Smash community. Oh, I think it happens with the average person on the street. Because of everything. Nah, it's particularly bad. No way, dude. Right. No way. No way. Okay. If I go to a random supermarket, sure, there's one person or whatever. If I go to like those type of events, mm. I barely have a sense of smell. I learn again that I have a sense of smell when I go to those events. But yeah, but they're a lot right? more packed as, packed as no, well. No, no, dude. You, you're, you're, you're defending them. Really? I went to conventions. Wow. For business, okay. zero. I'm sorry, zero I'm sorry gamers. I'm trying to defend you here. Right? <laughs> you should, you should These avoid. These two people are you're the gaming anti-gamer. Animals. <laughs> you should avoid. I'm the, I'm the pro anti-gamer gamer. <laughs> you should avoid independent wrestling shows as much as possible throughout your life. <laughs> and, uh, into it. So, looking at the 2019 prices, it was 65 a day or 170 for a three-day pass. But that is early bird pricing as well. I can't see how they would charge less, given that the costs will still be astronomical. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if they, yeah, they charge more, less, maybe 200 for less the 3 people pass. that can attend, I correct. think. So, yeah, Because they can't cram as many. So the prices will probably go up. I don't think it can go up crazy amount. So you'd, I'd probably expect it to be like 220 at oh, max for the 3 day pass. Balancing act, I guess. But yeah. I, I'll definitely go. Like, we should actually buy the ticket straight away, Mike, because it's just... You know, if you yeah, get a go, yeah, they'll go. They'll go quick. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Shit, I should buy flights, actually, because the flights will go as quickly as well, right? This is a yeah, whole logistics maybe, effort for me. Yeah, it's massive <laughs> logistics effort, yeah. But we are getting cheap flights at the moment, so... Uh, yeah, okay. maybe, up, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check that. And Swinney, where do you land on it? Are you going or not? Uh, it's a bit of a wait and see for me. I'm, I'd like to go, but I kind of want to see blah, blah, how blah. they're going to approach that things I just asked about, you know, how are they going to handle well, these stations? I, are, they I, not I gonna have some... have, are they not going to have stations there? No, no, I've got insider info in that. Ooh. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> So I spoke to my mate Phil, who apparently donated a bunch of Connect devices <laughs> for people to use. So all you can do is play Connect games. <laughs> you idiot! Thanks, Connect. You idiot! <laughs> Good way to revive the uh, the brand, I suppose. No, look, I'm I'm excited by it. I think it's going to be cool. I'm I'm glad that you know we're kind of getting back to a normalcy. But yeah, yeah I don't until think... the next lockdown. <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't think you can rely on the vaccine rollout in Australia because it's not going that well compared to the States or, the, or Europe. All right, let's get into our next bit of news. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Shredder's Revenge is being announced. Uh, so if you haven't already, make sure you do yourself a favor and watch this trailer. So it is a classic arcade-style Turtles beat-em-up announced this week, uh, being developed by Tribute Games. So they're the ex-Ubisoft devs. 
who worked on Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I don't know why. I think it's because of the dot emu connection for the publisher that a lot of people think this is the team behind streets of rage four. I've heard heaps of people say that they're not the same people. And I mean, they also made the well received Flint hook as well. So. Yeah. And also TMT on game boy advance from memory, um, which was also well received, uh, you know, given the turtles, it's a four player co-op game much in the vein of the arcade game and Turtles in Time and also Hyperstone Heist, which we don't talk about given that it was on the Mega Drive. I actually think that's the best of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just seeing your notes, Sweetie. I didn't actually know that. There's a, <laughs> is this real? Yeah. You, so, you want to say it? Yeah. Yeah, so the trailer, the the Turtles theme is actually sung and I guess recreated by Mike Patton. What? That's pretty cool. Bungle, uh. Which is wild. Like when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, now I can hear it's Mike Patton. That's, I've got to watch it again now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Can, it's can, like, I, can I just say oh. about the trailer quickly? Like this trailer, to me, this is how you do trailers, people. This is exactly how you do trailer. It is like a 10 out of 10 trailer. This is an S-tier trailer right, right here. <laughs> it was just like, I've not heard one person say a bad word about this trailer. It if you're a kid of the 90s, growing up in the 90s, this is just going to hit everything, yeah. but then also be different. And it had everything it's in it. It's going to be different had, as well, which is great. It had, you know, CG, so to speak. It had gameplay. Yeah, it's awesome. It ticked it's a awesome. lot of boxes. Cool music. And now that it, really now cool. that I know it had Mike Patton, so uh, Swinney and I are massive fans. Now it's an S plus tier. Fans of Mike Patton. Uh, having seen him live multiple times, he is crazy, that dude. He is such a performer. That's I, awesome. I'm so pumped for this. Um, the... It, the Turtles in Time reshelled remake that they released, um, you know, quite a few years ago, that's was not well received. And uh, this is to me the way you bring back Turtles games. And yeah. I know there's been plenty of Turtles games in between, but um, this is this is what people want. I think now they haven't specified what consoles. I'm assuming it's going to be for everything, um, including Switch. But it's just yeah, like the I just really really hope because sometimes I don't do it that they have online multiplayer because sometimes oh, they'll have online no but Come no on. you say that there's times when they, there's times when these <laughs> beat-em-ups don't have it we can't assume that no i 100 percent understand what you're saying but this game given who's making it you know scott pilgrim just got online as well like it's yeah. it's gonna happen like that'd be yeah ins- that'd I, be insane i'm expecting it will but i'm just saying that like i if that would be a stupid decision if they didn't include online goal. That would be a devastating decision for them. Like, I genuinely think this game is going to be massive. Um, like, if you actually watch really carefully the trailer, there's so many, like, little nods to Turtles in Time and the other games in the series that, you know, it looks like they put a, love in, a lot of love and care. And they obviously love the genre, these guys. Um, I, I'm, I'm really, I hope we all get it. Like, it'd be really cool. The question for yeah, me won't be totally. online play. It will be, is there cross-platform play? Mm, I don't think that's that. the bigger thing. I love that. that but I mean, yeah, I can't see Definitely. that happening. But, but I, that's I, always going to be our challenge because you, you always want to play on Xbox for Achievos. I don't have no, an I don't Xbox. care about it's, Achievos no, for it's this not a, It's not an RPG, yeah. so you'll yeah. play on whatever. And also, like, if this doesn't come out on Switch... Man, they it's are missing such a trip. A perfect game for the Switch. <laughs> no, this, if, but you know what? There's other the, games that I'm like, why? If this doesn't come out on Switch, I'll eat part of a hat. <laughs> okay. Oh. No, no, wait, no, I'm no, not no. giving you my hat. I like my okay, hat. Okay, we'll say it like this, Winnie. Yeah. Within a year of this game coming out. <laughs> so whenever it comes out, the first platform, if it doesn't come out on the Switch. Wait, within, within a year? year I, it's got to be at launch. No. Why are you giving him a whole year? <laughs> you got to be fair because he said 
doesn't oh, come out on enough, the Switch. You need to have enough. the time. Yeah, okay. And a lot, of Switch, a lot of Switch releases actually, like, uh, uh, they get stuff later sometimes. Correct. So, okay. Correct. Yeah. But you got to swallow, okay? This isn't just, <laughs> not just chewing. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you got to swallow, all right? This is the uh, rare that's time how that Mike doesn't mean in the double entendre. That's how confident I am that this game will come to Switch, that I'm going to eat okay. part of a hat. I do think okay, there's so. a chance it will be delayed on the Switch, unfortunately. It seems to just always be happening. But this game... Yeah, well, he's got a year, so... And, I, I, and we get to choose the hat. I like how I mentioned it and straight away into God's like, okay, this is the requirement. <laughs> well, this no. This is the criteria. Know, you guys are terrible at... Well, you're not so bad, Swinny, but Mike is terrible at setting goals. So I'm just um, trying to teach. Yeah, and making bets. <laughs> yeah, I'm really bad at that. We do need to go over the resolutions. I'm not so bad. It's coming up to three months and I'm having a crack at everyone. Everyone's I, getting a crack. I'd like to think I'm... I'm I've, I'm I'm good. Like uh, we're not going to talk about terrible. it now because we're already running running long. Okay, but, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next ne- next episode let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So like this, uh, super looking forward to it. Kind of strange that they have neither released platforms or even timing of this game. But you'd imagine it's going to come pretty quick, and it's a 2D art style mixed with like a bit of 3D style. So very cool, very very cool. Uh, speaking of nostalgia, we get our first look at the new Pocky and Rocky game. Uh, so this is the first footage from the sequel to the classic. Well, actually, Swinny, it's not really the sequel, right? Because there was a Pocky and Rocky two from memory. So, well, it's sequel to the Trequel. series. Sequel to the series. I oh, okay, 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 okay. Is it a spiritual reboot? <laughs> yeah, I guess it, I guess it is, right? So it's it's interesting. This is a very Natsume episode because this is a oh, Natsume yeah, I know. game. I, so yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? Well, do you want to take this away, Swinny? Because I never was a fan of Pocky and Rocky on the SNES. So I liked Pocky and Rocky, but I never beat it because just for whatever reason. I only played it on emulation, unfortunately. I just never a game that just came across my path as a kid in physical form. Mm. But um, originally it was a Taito arcade release in, <laughs> I put it in my notes, 1968. Yeah, that's, meant that. be, that's meant to be 1986. Okay. Um, and then, yeah. No, <laughs> I was geez. like, wow. This is wow, a long history. Rewriting gaming history. It looks great for a free Space Invaders <laughs> game. Um, so... Later and then later got ninety two SNES release, which is probably the most um, well known one, and it's known as Kiki Kai Kai in Japan. The series, so it's mm, a, a cool name. It's a top down like co op scrolling shooter, so in the t- style of like Commando or Jackal. Um, and basically, there's two playable characters. So this is the SNES one. We don't know the full details of the new one, but um, so Pocky, which is basically like a Shrine Maiden, and Rocky the Raccoon. And it's got. It's always been a game that I've loved the visual style of ever since I was a kid. I remember seeing. It looks really cool. Yeah, I remember seeing this game in the in the magazines and just being, like, oh man, Pocky and Rocky, this looks great. And then when I got, finally got to play it via emulation, I, I really really like it. Um, and the game had two sequels, so it had Pocky and Rocky 2 two years later on the SNES in 94, and then it also got a Game Boy Advance game, which I didn't know much about. Oh, I never knew that. Called Pocky and Rocky with Becky, and I think Becky's a ghost in 2001, and I think it was released in the US. Playable character? I, be- I would assume so, but I don't know. And <laughs> I it just came find out- that so funny that you're like, I need to know if it's a playable <laughs> character or not. <laughs> and it came out in 2002 in the US, so... Um, the new game is called Pocky and Rocky Reshrined, and it's very much a faithful... Ah, oh, Reshrined, I like that. Yeah, very faithful <laughs> adaptation of the original visual style. Like, if mm. you were to look at it initially, like, wait, this just looks like Pocky and Rocky on the SNES, but then you kind of look at the SNES version, you're like, okay, no, clearly this looks a bit nicer, but it's very similar. It's very cool sprite artwork, 
And this was announced in September last year, um, but this was the yeah the first teaser trailer and footage we got to see of it. So it's due in Q4 this year on PlayStation 4 and Switch. So quite a while to go for the game, but I'm just just think about it like it's wild that Pocky Rocky is getting a sequel to me. Um, you know, this yeah. is outside of the Game Boy Advance game. I think if this is a game that's just like this was a SNES era game and. How often do you just get like SNES games getting random sequels? You know, it's it's really cool. I love. But I mean, if it, if, if it was a solid game back then, give us a sequel, right? There's no, it's it's a solid IP. But it just doesn't happen. No reason not to do it. You know, but, it just doesn't happen. But I mean, when you say solid IP, I mean it should be happening. You know, I'm a SNES fan. I think that's proven by I'm wearing the SNES T-shirt. I didn't even remember that I was wearing it. Um, uh, uh, Rocky and Pocky. I mean, is there a lot of love for this? Pocky series? and Rocky. Thank you very much. Pocky and Rocky. Don't mix I, it up. You cross the uh, street, Becky. PR exactly. Yeah, don't cross the street. Don't, don't forget about I don't know. Becky. I just don't really hear much about the series. I'm just kind of surprised that. Well, that, that's why I wanted to highlight it because it's mm. just a, it's a game that I've always had a r- real fondness for, and I just love the fact that they're making a new game. No, no, I think I think that's really cool. Like it'd be interesting Switch. to check it out. Maybe Mike can do a review of it for Vox. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, love, yeah, maybe I can be the Natsuma bloody reviewer. <laughs> Although after the review I'm about to give a certain game they recently made, I don't know. <laughs> I'll always say that I think the bad reviews or the re- reviewing bad games is the most valuable thing to the community. It probably actually is, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, all right, let's uh, move on to better things. New Amiibo. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, I've got for the toilet break. Here we go yeah. again. You guys can again. go yeah, mute same. now. <laughs> okay, seriously, I, um, can I go for like yeah, two yeah, minutes to yeah, make yeah. a coffee? You can, okay, you can I'll go. Be right back. You just have a I'm, monologue. I'm stay here. We'll be back. Well, I, need, be, I need someone to right. bounce off. I'll be, your, I'll be your amiibo Ruff, hype man. Okay, roughly, let me talk, let me talk. Wait, wait, hang on. Roughly how long will this take so other people can also... 20 minutes. Okay, listeners, you can just go off and do something else for 20 minutes A couple of minutes, a couple of minutes. So we did have a Monster Hunter digital event this week. Uh, including more information about Monster Hunter Rise. Monster Hunter Rise is having another demo, which I thought was really interesting, incorporating the full demo. And also you can play, you know, the head monster, Maglamalo, um, in the Monster Hunter Rise demo. I don't know if you knew that, Swinney. Yeah, I know. It. Yeah. And, and supposedly, like, even people who are very good at Monster Hunter are like, this thing is like near impossible to beat. Uh, so I'm actually not even going to try. And just with Monster Hunter quickly... I am so looking forward to Monster Hunter Rise, but I kind of don't want to know any more about the game. I'm kind of at that point now. Well, Capcom's, they're, they're, they want you to know more. No, they no. just want you to know everything about this game, clearly. It, you do get a big sense that the game's going to be massive, Monster Hunter Rise. Um, but going to the other Monster Hunter game that's coming out this year, which is Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wings of Ruin, um, which is coming out uh, from memory July 20-something. Or would it be the 9th of July as long alongside... Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry. 9th of July, 2021. Uh, the most exciting thing that I saw in <laughs> in their Capcom presentation was that they're announcing even more Amiibo. <laughs> so oh, no. Yes. Just from a Monster no, Hunter yes, perspective, no. there are six Amiibo <laughs> coming out this year. So there's three that... Uh, it should be coming out in two weeks' time, 26th of March, as part of Monster Hunter Rise. And now we have confirmation of uh, three more. And I will say that when Monster Hunter Stories, the original, came out on the 3DS, they released six Amiibo just for that one game. 
and they are some of the most coveted amiibo. And they never came out to Australia. They came out to Europe in a very small batch, and they're pretty accessible in Japan. I think you pretty much could just pick them up pretty easy in Japan at the time. Uh, but these amiibo, like, are just so hard to get now. And I was oh God, really, really hoping that Mike's just come back onto the show. Uh, I was really hoping that they would re-release the Monster Hunter Story amiibo, but alas, they don't. But they are releasing three new ones, and these ones look really, really good. All so, right. I, I just want to give my quick thoughts. Cause, yeah, uh, yeah, go on, go on, go on. So, first of all, as as Swinny, hey, this is cool, you know, new oh. amiibo. I don't buy amiibo. I don't buy amiibo, but hey, cool for people like amiibo. And then yeah. I will now play the part of Intergon's bank account. Stop the pain! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't worry about it. I, he's just like, his bank account he's is fine. He's already dead! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stop killing him again and again. I, it, like, there is a question, right? How many Amiibo could they release where I actually go, I stop buying them? I, I don't think there is a possibility. I don't that think there release. is a number. Well, you're not, no, no, dedi- no, no, you're no. not dedicated enough to, buy, to spend 50 bucks to get the Mario cereal Amiibo. Uh, no, but that's the thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I, know you, an amoeba I know you guys, th- guys think I'm crazy. I am a little bit crazy, but I've never spent more than, I don't know, maybe... I, don't, I can't actually recall ever spending <laughs> much more than... You were about to say something uh, and you changed course then. No, no, okay, so there was that one he time... You forgot about the $200 one. No, no, there bought. was one time I was trying to get the, the amiibo for Monster Hunter Stories, the first game. Yeah. And I bid $70 or something, but I accidentally bid $700. Did you hear about this, Mike? Oh, Mike, yes. Please tell this story for Mike, please. (laughs) Okay, so just quickly, because people have heard this story before on the podcast, but essentially I was trying to bid for this. I I can't remember the exact figure that I was bidding for, but I think it was 75 or 70, right? Hmm. And this normally trades at like 300, this Amiibo. And it was really painful for me to go, okay, I'm going to spend $70 on a little tiny bit of plastic that's worth like two cents. But I'm like, I'm going to do it. I, I'm sick in the head. So I bid what I thought was 70. And I was being smart, right? So I bid 70 at the last second. Shoved a couple Right, with like zeros. two seconds. And then when I was typing it, my thing wasn't responding. I was like, what the hell's going on? 70. And then when I went submit, like within a flash, you know, because your reaction's so slow, I pressed yep. submit and I saw the number 700. I was like, shit. I just, I was thinking, because wow. I, I was actually going, oh my God, this could genuinely sell for like for three or $400. Yeah. And I had to retract my bid after the <laughs> Oh, you the retracted fact. it? Yeah. Okay. I felt terrible but for wait, the guy. But wait, it wasn't so, in the last... Uh, are you going to say, you gonna say the last part? Which is what? So, well, from, from memory, I could be wrong. But oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so no, you this won. is not a big deal. This is not a big okay, deal. No, but I want to get Mike's take because I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm happy if he okay, agrees yeah, with you. Okay, let's, let's so go. He, right, go. I'll he got let you retracted. Do the seller was, like, happy to – so he understood. Yeah, and he cancelled the whole thing. And he put okay. – and he relisted it and then Intergod bid on it again. Oh. How is that bad? I don't understand. I will never understand oh. how that's bad. No, that's bad. <laughs> how, because you, you screwed the guy over. You wasted a week of his life. I've already had and this argument with you guys, but we're not with no, you, no, no, Mike. This, I, I, I haven't had this argument. Okay. No, I'm with Swinney on this one. It's so simple. You know, that's rude. How's it rude? <laughs> that's rude. Because you wasted, you wasted a week of the guy's life because, because you were fine. an idiot. Yeah, look, the thing is, I... Wait, did you win it the second time when he released it? <laughs> so, I was winning. <laughs> I, I was that. winning it, and it was, like, much lower, right? And I was like, okay, if I win it, this is what I was going to do. 
If I won it for Donate less... Donate it to charity. No. If I won it for less, I was going to say to the guy, I'm going to give you extra money. I'm going to okay, give you cool. 70 cool. bucks or whatever I was like bidding for. Yeah, I was going to give yeah, him what I was willing one. to do, right? That's okay. fair. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. But no, that's I cool. don't yeah. see a problem with it. Like, the thing is, I'm not manipulating. I'm not trying to actually like screw the guy. I genuinely tried to bid $70 or 75 whatever it was. And I stuffed that. No, no, you were just genuinely dropped as a child when you were a kid. (laughs) We get that. I was dropped in the gutter when I was coming out of hospital. But, you know, again, poor guy. I I, deal with you twice. No, no, but the thing is, he's happy that I'm bidding because that means that at a minimum he's going to get that amount. Yeah, and I guess you were, you know, inflating other bids. Exactly. So, so and it went for more anyway in the end. So no, but by the way, this all Amiibo thing, right? He, I, I, he, sounds- I have to say, though, mm-hmm. he, I do think he got less money than he would have got the first round with the bidding. Yeah, but that happens because it depends who's yeah. doing it that week yeah, and all yeah. sorts of stuff. It's just, and in the end, you know, it's worth whatever people pay for it. True. And I think, look, look, I give you, I give you crap about the crazy amount of Amiibos you have, but here's the thing. You don't... Open them, give them to your kids, let them play with it, wreck them, whatever. I, I would guess... No, he, they did play with them. ...90-something percent of your Amiibos are still sealed. That's more from laziness. And they're... Well, I don't know. I think it's more because you, you don't buy them just because you like to collect shit. You buy them because you know they have an inherent value that is no, more, I don't worth more than what he bought them for. I think I that's the opposite. <laughs> No, it's the opposite. No, no. I do actually let uh, my son play with but them. But they haven't gone down in value, though. Have any of them actually gone down in value? No. Like, But I don't buy them for it's that. It's like, like any limited thing. If I did that, I would be buying and selling other things. But yeah, like it is shocking to me. Some of the Amiibo that I have are like worth hundreds of dollars. Mm. Like It's like, what? Well, it's that like reinforces... It, all that does is it, 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 it reinforces that it's okay to keep buying them from that perspective because you know you're not just you know blowing your money because some of those might be worth more money later. Mm. So I, I think it really reinforces that, that, that behavior. But And by the way, I'm someone who you know had a room, literally, literally a room full of Lego. <laughs> uh, I, I spent all my money, almost not, not, not every cent I earned, but most of the cents I earned on filling a room full of Lego. And it, just <laughs> it went on awesome. and on. And it was awesome, yeah. And eventually, <laughs> and look, it, it it did reinforce what I would call a bad behavior in me as well, which is that when I did clear it all out, and I didn't, I didn't buy it just to. Well, I like to think I didn't buy it just to, you know, make money out of it. But when I when I started going through the phase of just trying to get rid of everything I owned, mm. and I started selling all that stuff, of course, it went up in price. Like some of those sets, you know, quadrupled in price. Um. So, yeah, and it reinforced the idea that, oh, yeah, you buy something now, you can invest in it later and fill your house with crap. But anyway, let's move on. Well, That's no, a, no, a totally no. different discussion. No, because I haven't, I haven't finished oh, the you haven't. information yeah, portion us, of it. Tell us more about these Well, Amiibos. I haven't finished the information. You guys <laughs> keep interrupting. Um, so the key thing is how do you get these Amiibos? So with the Monster Hunter Rise Amiibo, Nintendo Australia has confirmed you can only buy them on the Nintendo Store, which is new. The Nintendo Store, which is the Australian Nintendo Store. Yep. Uh, you can already pre-order them. Uh, I think it's GameStop and EB Games in US and Canada. And I think it's the Nintendo Store maybe in the UK, but don't quite know in that. Australia? In Australia, it's the Nintendo Store of Australia, uh, which is just it? new. Uh, but the one weird thing is they haven't actually gone up yet. Like they haven't gone up for sale yet. So I'm actually, I know it's Have you got a bot yet? I'm, gonna, I'm building one. Yeah. I'm building one today to yeah. monitor the <laughs> website. Because in the UK, they sold out within like minutes when they've gone up on this Nintendo store. So I'm very nervous that they're actually only going to get a very small lot of Mm. Amiibo. 
and then they're going to be sold out. So I, I don't want to miss out because it's going to piss me off and then I'm going to have to make a decision if I want to import them, which I don't want to do. I don't want to pay extra. I love the psychology of what people spend money on. <laughs> and it's then, so fascinating. Then, I might, you wait, know wait, what? Just I might wait, actually let, quit let me, my let me job. Close it out. Let me close it out. So and become a psychologist. Monster Hunter Stories, the three new Amiibo that have been announced. So this is this is secret intel. And my secret intel is always pretty Ooh. good. My, yeah, it's pretty you know, good. I was 100% right last time with the You JB sleep with Hi-Fi. the right people. You do. <laughs> so... <laughs> you let us so, know when you get it 100% right as well. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> so this will also go up on the Nintendo store, but they have not confirmed that yet. But they mm-hmm. will go up on the Nintendo store. I've got I've got my sources. Uh, so it'll go up in the Nintendo Australia store. In the US, it's on GameStop, and in Canada, it's EB Games. But they're also not for pre-order just yet. So I'll monitor what they do with Monster Hunter Rise, given that that's only two weeks away when they're coming out. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, yeah, report back to see how quickly they sold out and everything like that. But I'm I'm guessing it will sell out within a day. Okay. So get on it if you want it. Tune anyway. in for your weekly dose of Amiibo news. <laughs> There's a lot of... Amiibo's most covered uh, topic on the podcast. We may as well just change the name of the podcast to Amiibo Weekly or something. <laughs> this week in Amiibo. All right, let's yeah. move on to the next story, which is The Outer Worlds, the new DLC that's arriving this week. Do you want to take this over, Swinney? Yeah, so now we're going to talk about a story that people actually do care about. That's Gaming. not Amiibos. <laughs> As I said, oh, sorry, sorry, I said Amiibos. That was a, that's, you did it intentionally. That's a, sin. Eh? That's a, a monster. Sin. So, yeah, so Obsidian Space Faring RPG The Outer Worlds is getting its second and final DLC, Murder on Eridanos, uh, next, well, next, next week, this week? No, I guess this week because it's Sunday, um, on the 17th of March. So mm-hmm. this, I'm super looking forward to this. Um, not just because it's more outer world, and because I also need to recomplete it <laughs> when it, it lands for my uh, for my resolution. But uh, it's this just looks really, really cool. So there's some footage out there, some early impressions, and they've taken a really, really awesome approach to it. Uh, it's a murder mystery, and your your choices, just like mm-hmm. everything in the outer worlds, like choices really do matter in that game. <laughs> Um, like you're having to interrogate people and your perks matter and your companions will also factor into how the story plays out. And I just love the idea of putting a murder mystery in the Outer Worlds format. I think it's a fantastic idea. That's a cool idea, yeah. So it takes yeah. place on... The With Gaff- the quirky humour that, that the game has, right? Yeah, and as part of that, the new tool that's called a discrepancy amplifier, it's almost like Flood in a way where it's got its own personality. And that, you use <laughs> cool. that to actually investigate crime scenes and you get a whole bunch of new perks. And there's science weapons and armor variants and whatnot. But the actual uh, setting, so Eridanos, it's just really, really cool. So it's set in this, like, it's it's a gas planet with all these floating kind of islands. And in the center island is this big hotel called the Grand Colonial Hotel. And, like, apparently there's, there's quite a lot in there and you, there's lots of guests and it's just really, really cool setting. And I just, yeah, I'm really, really pumped for this. Um, Peril on Gorgon, which was the first DLC pack, I didn't mind it, but it just, it was set on an asteroid, so it wasn't the most, like, visually appealing area. Like, this looks like an area that you go and you're like, oh, this looks awesome. Um, So, like, I really want to explore all this stuff. Um, And Peril, yeah, so Peril and Gorgon was a bit like, eh, this is more out of worlds, but I'm not kind of, it hasn't hooked me a lot. Whereas this one, um, I'm too pumped for. So yeah. this actually sounds really cool. I think I need to go back. I, I'd never finished the main campaign. I was super close to the end, I think. And then, you know, life got in the way. But it'd be worth continuing that playthrough. It's, and then It's a really short game. 
Outer Worlds as well. Um, Relatively speaking, yeah. yeah. Be- but you know, you know, I look at I, you know what <laughs> I'm I thinking. Swinny like. languages. It's a really short game. Yeah, twenty, 20 can, hours. Look, if you. Well, I think it's more than twenty. Not, not, no. But, I'd say it's actually. If you sit there and like you waste a lot of time, maybe. Well, that's but- what I mean. I do because I I check every single nook and cranny. I loot everybody, every container. Got to do this. Got to do that. Yeah, I literally, I'm play testing the game basically when I play these kind of games. But even for a game like that, it's not a long game. And if you know what you're doing, which is obviously not the first playthrough, like you can beat the game in yeah, like half an hour. So, um, but <laughs> beat the game in half an hour. I'd beat it in half. I've beaten 25 minutes. You can. Yeah, but no yeah, one's can. sitting down so, and beating it. In no half one's going to do it properly. And then what's the point of getting the game? You're not going to experience it, right? So. <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually a really cool challenge run to do when you've. When sure, you're, it would be cool, sure. yeah, as a challenge run. Yeah, um, but I mean, it, it's the kind of game that it's it's all about the it, it's all about the gameplay. First of all, is solid. I love the the shooting mechanics and stuff. But it's it's the characters and the story and stuff. It's really quirky. It's really cool. It's classic Obsidian stuff. And what's really great as well, so for Peril Gorgon and this new DLC is that all the companions, the companions are a huge part of Outer Worlds. Hmm. They they comment on everything. Like they, you know, they got all the, the voice actors to do all this, the extra stuff of the DLC as well. Ah, cool. And it's, it's really great. So it's coming out, yeah, so 17th of March for PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, but the Switch will uh we'll get it later this year i'm not sure if peril and gorgon's available on switch yet but uh so that's I yeah i think this... it is let me double check that while you're covering it yeah so it's yeah i'm i'm happy i'm super excited to see i was we know obsidian's working on so they've been working on that um i think it's great is it grounded or whatever that are uh, like bug co-op survival game but that's already out so uh, yeah, yeah but no but it's out in it's out in uh like early preview program so they're still mm. working on that game i don't i don't think that's a main team though i wouldn't imagine no i'm just saying what obsidian's working yeah on. so they're working on that and avowed that we know of and yeah that's maybe, the big one that's maybe the there's something one. i'm forgetting about but honestly, no i think avowed is going to be the big one and uh yeah it has come out on switch uh the dlc perils of gorgon so i'm just yeah i'm just honestly i'd love them to make an out of worlds too like i hope at some point that gets put in the pipeline well because... i thought everyone wants them to make what is it new vegas too that would be great mm. as well. I mean, now um, they can, like bizarrely. Th- th- I just want them to. Well, actually, I don't well, know who owns the rights. We should, to we should just quickly say Fallout. no, but we should just quickly say mm. it's all under Microsoft now. Yeah. So the so be with Bethesda now they can make Fallout New Vegas too because they own that That's IP. True. Yeah. But wait, who it's kind owned, of wild? Did they own the full IP? Like, who owns the rights to the original Fallout's? If someone wanted to put Bethesda them to did. Switch, Bethesda did. I guess yeah. they would. Anyway, just about. Yeah. I just want to just talk Please about Outer Worlds for a second. So. I'm really I'd, the reason why I'd want them to work on an Outer Worlds sequel is because there's mm. so much untapped, so much untapped potential in not only the world they created, but just the setting and the and the style. Like this got such a cool style to it that when they initially announced it, everyone's like, "Oh, it's just ripping off Fallout." But no, when you play it, it's got its own kind of take on it, and. I, it'd be a shame if this is the last we see of that world. That's all. I, I don't think it will be, Swinney, but I think also, you know, you've got to think about the psychology of the teams. I think, especially these type of RPGs, to me, it makes so much sense to flip between different settings, like a, you know, Fallout style setting and an Elder Scrolls style setting, or a sci fi, then a, you know, fantasy, because it also, I think, keeps it fresh for the teams. So then maybe they go make a vowed. This main team works on that, and then they go, "Hey, why don't we come back to this IP and make but a sequel?" I, but I don't care about the teams; I care about what I want to play. <laughs> hey, uh, oh, I think that's fair. Like, I fuck the teams, fuck them. Well, it's more like okay, I want to see, I want to see more out, out of worlds. You know, I don't want. 
uh, that's what I want. You know, I can only say what I want. I'm going to quote Swinney. That's the episode title. Fuck the dev slash Swinney. <laughs> Go on, Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, no, I was just going to say, speaking of untapped potential, did you tap Sam in the, in your playthroughs? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on to uh, no, no, another hang on. story. You, you, you well, know why that would be funny, right? Because because of what the character is. Yeah, I know. I did not have yeah. sex with the robot. Okay, okay, just just making sure. <laughs> All right. And this, by the way, it's not it's not like it's not a humanoid robot. By the way, it's so. it is an old school cleaning, <laughs> <That's awesome>. cleaning <laughs> robot, destroyer, cleaning robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right, this is a big change of pace um, for the next story. Uh, so we have covered Bu slash Nia, so Nia, but formerly known as Bu. Uh, but yeah, there, there was a really cool article up from Vice. Vice do every now and then write like an amazing gaming article that doesn't get read as much as it should. And I haven't really heard much people, many people talk about this, but essentially it's a really cool article where it covers Nia's now 25 year journey to try to localize uh, a Super Nintendo game, Squaresoft or Square game back in those. Wait, yeah, Square game. Squaresoft back then. Squaresoft back then, yeah, that's yeah, right. Square Enix now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a game back in the day, Bahama uh, Lagoon. Uh, and, and yeah, the article is just like really cool just to cover sort of the history of, of you know, Nia originally when I think they were saying he was 15 try to like localize the game he was really passionate about it you know wanted to learn japanese just to translate it then yeah and one thing I, like i'll just say about nia and you know again formerly known as Bu, he created uh beastness and higan and a whole bunch of other emulators but i would say from a community perspective to me he's the most important person that's ever had that we've ever had in the whole snes community so I wore my little SNES t-shirt today, given that we're <laughs> going to talk about this. Um, I love the drive to perfection. Like I'm a bit of a reformed or reforming perfectionist. Uh, and... No, no, you're still a perfectionist and it's, it's <laughs> sometimes driving the two of us nuts. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like criticizing them for settings and all this other kind of stuff. But um, Oh no, your microphone has to have the gain <laughs> on 37.2%. Pretty much, pretty much. 38% is too high. But, but there is something beautiful about like the strive for perfection. You know, you, you read about how they make, um, you know, traditional Swiss watches and clocks and things like that. It's quite, yeah, quite it like And intricate. I'm a bit like that too, so. Yeah, and he really always strove to create the best. So with SNES, he Better was trying to create a cycle accurate uh, SNES emulator. And I would say if you want to play the games as they were played, something like B-SNES is totally fine to play that. You don't need to get an FPGA solution or an actual SNES. They are so accurate. The, the emulators that he created, mostly around the SNES. But this whole story was so fascinating because I knew this about him, that he was always wanting to translate this game. I didn't know that it was just recent, like this year, where he'd finally done the final patch that he was comfortable with That's and so released cool. it in Feb 2021. <laughs> so I think he had five cracks at it, uh, including learning the language himself. And I think he was going to translate it himself at one stage, but then got another person to translate it. And yeah, it's it's not just as simple as going, okay, here's the text. It's, you know, given back in the day, a lot of the SNES and NES games with uh, the Japanese characters, essentially they're monospace characters, always have the same amount of space between them, very different to most other languages. So to actually properly do justice to the translation, you need to have a, you know, something that can dynamically display the fonts rather than just have them all monospace, which looks horrible. Mm. 
And the amount of re-engineering he had to do to get that working. But then the thing that I love the most about the whole article is that, you know, pulling apart this game, you know, and it's so difficult because he doesn't have the game com- the well, code. that's the thing. I think we should mention that, right? You mm. don't get the code to recompile no, it. No, You have to reverse engineer the whole Correct. thing, basically. So, he yeah. reverse engineered the whole thing. And then he noticed, oh, the way they're displaying <laughs> the dialogue boxes around the text, they've made errors in how they've done that. Like two pixels in, yeah, yeah. in one spot. <laughs> so, he, re- he, awesome. he did a bug fix for their game <laughs> to fix their actual coding of the game itself. That was so, so now, cool. now it I displays completely accurately. I, My I, favorite, I love yeah. this article. It was so cool. It was a really cool article, yeah. It was almost like I, I relived... Well, I, I did nothing like that during my childhood, but it, it was almost like it, it made you relive your childhood and your journey in life. And, and you know, personally made me question some decisions I've made. But one thing that I thought was really cool was the part when he went to his grandma's place and, mm. on a farm and he couldn't bring his PC and stuff. So he just took the internal components and then using whatever pocket change he had, he bought a whole bunch of other parts at that town and re you know, re-put his entire PC back together so his parents wouldn't know he ever did that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, so, it was awesome. It was awesome. That was an awesome bit. Yeah. Uh, was I, there anything else that we needed to cover, Swinny? No, I just want to just, again, you mentioned it, just call out the fantastic work that Vice does. So Patrick Klepek mm. and Austin Walker and all those mm. that have been part of, you know, when it was Waypoint at some point, and they're kind of still branded the Waypoint a bit. Just they're, they're writing about stuff that no one else in the industry writes about and there's such a love for the what they do and also just a Bahamut Lagoon as well so that's always shit I've always been super keen on trying this game at some point and it kind of shares mm, now you can it shares this <laughs> weird space of almost forgotten Squaresoft SNES RPG so I bundle this in with your Treasure Hunter G style game yeah where yeah, yeah. you know games that also came out quite late in the SNES lifetime um that by that point people who had moved on to the PlayStation RPGs or, you know, and you'd always see these games. Like I'd, I'd see these games in EGM and, and, and super play and that. And it's like, man, I just want to play the, you know, and in Australia, we, we weren't even getting a lot of the US games, but then there's this other part. It's like, oh man, there's cool Squaresoft RPGs, you know? So it's great. And it's awesome. The, the dedication that Nier has put into Finally, I guess, achieving his goal. He's almost like, it seems like his lifetime goal. But, uh, yeah. you know, he's still probably got a lot of uh, projects left uh, in the tank. Sounds like a true perfectionist. Oh, yeah, massively. I actually might try to reach out to him and just try to get him on the show because I'd love to pick his brain about what's next because he seems like a really, really <sighs> interesting so cool. character. Yeah. And just like, <clears throat> you know, when he was trying to do uh, like a PlayStation emulator, it was just like flying through. It was like insane. Like, people were just like, wow, this is truly insane how quickly he's going through everything. Um, so, yeah, it just seems like a really interesting character. And, you know, I love the Super Nintendo. It's still my favorite console. I have to say the Switch is getting up there. I think the Switch probably eventually will be my favorite console. Um, but, yeah. Eventually? I, what 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 will make it become your favorite console, you think? Well, I think, you know, like if they release like a Switch Pro and that that's pretty decent and, you know, then you have a good another good Breath of the Wild game, maybe Metro Prime 4, it's going to be pretty hard okay. to argue. But, yeah, no, it, it's really cool. Very cool article. I totally agree with what you're saying, Swinney. And you don't see a lot of long-form gaming journalism. Um, so apart from Jason Schreier, pretty much it doesn't really exist in the industry. So it's good to yeah, see. That, it's really good that, to see. And that's, that's because I think a lot of, um, you know, <laughs> it's, it's like the review that I'm about to do, I suppose. 
you get a lot of people maybe coming into the industry that aren't traditional journalists. They're just bloggers. <laughs> and whereas I think these guys have, you know, they've been around for a while. I don't know what their qualifications are, but it feels like they're actual journalists, I, if that look, makes sense. They they look into the stories, they research, they do that kind there's, of stuff. There's people out there, you know, some of them just aren't having their voice heard. So I think mm. that it'll be interesting to see what games journalism is in 20 years, but that's a, that's a whole different topic. So. Yeah. And our final piece of news today. So uh, the Mario 35th anniversary, which obviously had been delayed by COVID, it's ending shortly. So lots of games are going offline on 31st of March. So we will cover that soon in the bargain bin. But one thing that I noticed, and I'm always jealous that in the States and Canada, they've had these Mario 35th anniversary pin sets. And I have to say, it's in the States, so convoluted on how do you get these pin sets. You have to like order a special kind of ice cream, you have to pre-order certain games. You had to jump on, you know, Animal Crossing, the the mobile version. There were things where it was like when it was announced, you already have had to have done it. So you had no opportunity to actually do some of the, the challenges that they wanted you to do unless you've already done it before the, it got announced, which is insane, right? So very convoluted. And then when they finally went up on the My Nintendo website in in the US, I think it sold out within like 10 minutes. <laughs> so... You did all these challenges just for the eligibility to submit like a request to get the pins and then they only had a limited set of pins in the first place. Then switch to Australia <laughs> and, and New Zealand, Sweeney. Um, very different set of like uh, structure around the competition. So in Australia, all you have to do is go on nintendo.com.au forward slash Super Mario 35 slash quiz and there's an easy and hard quiz, and these both of these quizzes are like insanely easy. Oh, it's ridiculous! That, like, that, I could see one or two <laughs> of the hard questions. Some people being like, "Oh, oh, I got that one wrong," but you, apparently you just try again, and they don't do change. They don't change. <laughs> and it's not like doing the quiz over and over again gives you any more, you know, like advantage. Otherwise, I would have built a bot just to, you know, do billions of requests. Um, and each yep. quiz has 220 pin sets to give away. Not bad. By the way, um, uh, Mario does not use a magic hot dog as one of his abilities. <laughs> I got that one wrong, so but just in case anyone's in terms wondering. Of, in ter- like, we shouldn't slag off Nintendo Australia too much or else they will ban us as well as I've been banned from Xbox Australia PR. But um, it just feels like this quiz, this quiz. These are the easiest answers to even Google anyway. But it's, it's just it's just a... You know, the whole regulation around gamer skill, gamer Correct. chance. It's Correct. just they need Correct. someone to complete something that takes a tiniest amount of skill or knowledge, and that's yeah, it. Yeah. You know, they, they're certain, then they, they can get game skill license. That's pretty much it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an Australian regulation for international viewers that you would be familiar with, right, Swinny, in your yes, work. So, yes. yeah, so they can't just give it away, right? Well, there's different different states. Different Australian states have different ways that they handle uh, competition licenses or giveaway yeah. licenses. And yeah, so it's it depending on what it is, it's going to cost you more or be more of a headache to organise. So if you just put that skill check as part of your competition, then you can essentially it, it just gets around. It changes the, whole, the regular. It yeah, just basically changes yeah. it from it changes it from being a lotto completely. Yeah, because there's still a random chance at the end when you enter. Yeah, because yeah, that's the same as the um, 
you know, write 25 words or less submissions and then you find yeah. out that 99% of those, they don't even read the submissions. Oh, we don't, know. <laughs> and people labour over them. <laughs> we people don't. labour over the, what's the best 25 words and they don't get read. Wait, what? So they just randomly get selected? <laughs> correct. Correct, dude. What? <laughs> yeah. But that's false advertising. <laughs> but the thing is, okay. I can see you, ATRI- would be the, you would be the kind of person that labours the 25 Mike, words. Mike, some, okay, Mike. I would, but I think the ACCC needs to get in on that. Mike, that's just, okay. That's Are you going to sit there? and read 20,000 well, sentences. Don't make it that. That is false advertising. I agree. I don't, don't waste people's time. I agree that is a bad way to do it. But <laughs> totally a bad way. Just put your name and phone number and we'll randomly select the person. No, they can't. No, they but can't. then you have to... It's it's much more complicated to and get... And it costs well, a lot of money as well. At least they need to put an asterisk to say, honestly, we're not going to read this. So just put a whatever. Yeah, they can't. They to. can't because then they would fall back into the other regulations. Well, anyway. So hang on a minute. For the, well, either way, the ACCC needs to get in on okay, this. Okay, so I'm not saying... Totally not dodgy. every situation, but a lot of times... Times that'll happen. They're, I have never heard of them actually caring well, it depends about what people how, are It depends on how many there are. Really. Dodgy. Sure, some sure. some competitions on Facebook, if you only get sure. like a hundred entries, they might read, you know. So. so so with this pin set, so like they, they have representatives of each of the mainline Mario games, which mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, including Galaxy 2, which I've noticed they've st- they've kind of like stopped showing when they show the Mario series of games because it's not available on Switch. I think it's the only mainline Mario game that's not available on Switch now, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. They're changing um, history. They're they're uh, changing the <laughs> changing the textbooks. They're changing the Mario history. Like yeah, they, they even put Yoshi's Island, which I would argue is not a part of the mainline Mario series. But anyway, I don't want to get into that debate. But um, yeah, it, I really want this pin set, man. <laughs> like, I really, really want this pin set, and I'm annoyed because it sells for hundreds of dollars on eBay. This pin set and. Yeah, it's just 220. It feels like there's just so little chance of getting it. So if you guys get it, make sure you give it to me, okay? That's a fair deal, isn't it? Mm. Silence? Mm. We'll, <laughs> you guys don't even want we'll, it. You don't we'll even see. want it. We'll see. I, actually, honestly, when as part of this, when I saw what the pins were, I'm like, oh, they're actually pretty cool. Yeah, they look sick, don't they? Yeah. They've I really didn't realize there was a pin from every game. So. Yeah, it's so cool. There's two sets... And they have like a like a you know embodiment of each of the games, which I think is really really cool. So, jump in, give me even less chances of uh, winning this. <laughs> Submit the quiz. It's uh, ending on the thirty first of March, uh, along with a lot of other things that we'll cover right now in the bargain bin. So the bargain bin for the fourteenth of March, twenty twenty one. First, just a general thing. Uh, tell me why. So a game that Swinney did review. So you can go back to like episode. 20-ish, Swinney? I don't, I'll uh, put it in the description. I think it was earlier okay. than that. Oh, really? Yeah, because so, it was before Mike joined and he's been around for a while. He's an yeah, old timer now. He's yeah, old. we can't get rid of him. People are like, whoa, there was a time before Mike? That's incredible. Uh, the good <laughs> so, days. So BM before Mike. Yeah, I was going to say, those were the good days. Yeah, exactly. No uh, more. The, ter- the tyrant has entered the game. <laughs> so tell me why first chapter is now permanently free. Uh, so that's on Steam, Xbox, wherever the game's available. Thanks, that's Xbox. pretty that's cool. Great. That's great for everyone, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm being the shield for once. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on Epic Games, the greatest uh, PC game store, come at me. Uh, Surviving Mars is free until the 19th of March. I have to say, every time a game like this comes up where it has been free before, so I obviously have already added it to my library, I do get a bit sad. <laughs> That's, when I'm like, what? I can't add this game. I've already got it. If you remember, that's the game that I do did the dodgy patch to get all the achievements as well. That's ah, there you go. Uh, big sales for Nintendo. So as part of the Mario 35, they had 35% off. 
So I'm looking forward to the Mario 95 anniversary where it's 95% off. It's probably the best sale that Nintendo would ever have. Uh, so Paper Mario Origami King, uh, Super Mario Maker 2, and Mario Odyssey are like 52 Australian dollars until the 21st of March. So it's a week. Any one of those games is well worth that price. But I think, you know, for me, Odyssey is insane value at $52. That's just like a must-play game. Mario Maker 2 is very good as well. It depends on, like, how you want to play the games. I think for you, Swinny, which one would you pick out of those three if you had to choose? Mario Maker by far. Oh, really? Okay, there you go. Yeah, you put hundreds of hours into that game. Yeah. We do need to feature your world shortly as one of the that'd specials. That would be cool, mate. Yeah, that would be cool, actually. Yeah, I was going to surprise you and do it, but I, I thought, <laughs> nah, I better tell you. Uh, PSA, Nintendo has reconfirmed... Because And just the context here is Tetris 99 was meant to be a timed exclusive, then they have let it run forever. Uh, Mario 35th anniversary titles will go off sale at the end of 31st of March. So they've confirmed that. So that means digitally you will not be able to buy 3D All-Stars and then you'll start to see it disappear on shelves. Why? Why is that? Wait, you didn't know about this? Uh, That's a whole thing like we should probably, because like, Otherwise, we're going for ages. It is what it is. But let's ridiculous. talk about it next time. Yeah, it yeah, is what it is. But essentially, really there's ridiculous. a whole host of stuff that's going offline. I think as okay. it gets closer, we'll say every single thing that's going offline. Um, but that also means, yeah, Mario 35, the game, it's going offline. Uh, also, yeah. Fire Emblem, the uh, remake, yeah, essentially, is going offline as well. So, And that's only available digitally anyway. So who knows if you can ever get that game again. Uh, in terms of PlayStation, Tales of... You, I feel like you pick these games, Swinny. You pick the ones that you like but are hard to say. How do I say that? Is, well, sometimes, is that sometimes I'll choose ones that are hard to say. But I know you do. I know but, you uh, do. I mean, I'd, I'd love... To, it, there was a Tales story meant to cover this week, but I, I cut it. So this, okay. is, this is a discount on a Tales game. Sales and of, how do you say it? Zestiria. Oh, Zestiria. Okay. So there's $10 until the 18th of March, and Dead Island Definitive Edition is also uh, $5 until the 18th of March. Now... We'll uh, hand over to the some other year, 2011. We'll, we'll, hand, <laughs> we'll hand over to the Xbox Shield himself, Swinney, the Hall of Famer, the official Hall of Famer. That is a lie. Big news. So, um, yeah, so additions to Game Pass available now the, as part of the Bethesda Microsoft official announcement. There's 12 new games added. So all all the new 12 are all on Content PC. So that's uh, Dishonored Definitive Edition, Doom and Doom 2, which are the 2019 re-releases of the classic games. Uh, Doom oh. 3. No, because there's a separate version. <laughs> it's so weird. That, yeah, I read that. I'm like, what, why'd you write 2019? Because okay, there's yeah, separate versions it. of Doom Arcade and Doom 2 Arcade that are backwards compatible from 360 as well. Um, so Doom 3, Doom 64, uh, Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, The Evil Within, Fallout 4, Prey, Wolfenstein The New Order, and Wolfenstein The New uh, the Old Blood. And they join the um, a bunch of games that are already in Game Pass, which as was part of the announcement, which was Dishonored 2, Doom Eternal, Fallout 76, Fallout New Vegas, which is console only, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim, Special Edition, Elder Scrolls Online, that's console only, Rage 2, and Wolfenstein Young Blood. That's a really good selection. Wait, is Doom 2016 yeah. not on Game Pass? No, not anymore. No. I think oh. it used to be, right? But no, it's yeah, not. Yeah, so not there's the a few it games was. like... There I are a few games yeah, missing, like it. Evil Within oh, 2 and stuff. So you'd see, you'll start Fallout to see 3. some of those things dropping. Yeah, Fallout 3 is another. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Maybe they'll, they'll add them later. But I have to I admit, mean, there's so many games that they added. I felt like at that point they should just add everything. 
Well, I think it's yeah, the it's sometimes the work. Like, I think Fallout Three, similar to New Vegas, um, where like yeah. to get on the Windows Store, they just need to kind of do a bit Fair of work enough. to it. Um, but yeah. Would you now say it's good, good value Game Pass, or are you still me? Yeah. For, honestly, for the, PC, look at the thing is, my value. again, I buy games on discount. I monitor that. I'm very patient. I have to say the podcast is kind of throwing me in a loop for that kind of stuff. Things like the Mass Effect trilogy, I'll probably just have to eat it and buy it when it comes out mm. if i am got time to play it. 80 bucks worth. It's such a ripoff. Um, but look, Game Pass is good. Like if you, <laughs> Sweetie doesn't say that. I'll say like this. If you have a Series X, Game Pass, if you don't have Game Pass, I don't understand why you got the Series X. Like to me, that's just an, a total if no-brainer. You, if you want to play on a console. Like yeah. that's straightforward. The answer. You can play I like all the physical console. games. Yeah. No, 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 no. Maybe I didn't say what I said correctly. I said if you have an Xbox Series X, you have to have Game Pass. Oh, it's sorry, like, sorry. Yeah, it's a, okay. sorry. I didn't say it right. It's you a no-brainer. Have to. No, no, no. If you, you, dude, if you have a Series X and you don't have Game Pass, it makes no sense to me. You have Why to have not? Game Pass. You it's get an just, entire collection. It of is games. insane value. No, I'm uh, maybe I'm oh, not no, speaking awesome correctly. Jesus. No, I know what you're trying to say. I'm just giving you shit. No, it is. But it's, on PC, it's, extremely it's like good value, totally dude, worth picking up. Like yes. I only have it on PC. It's very buggy. It's like, dude, it's like hard to uninstall the games. It's really buggy the way it all yeah, works. Yeah, I, I had a bunch of issues. With the this, games yeah. crash way more than they do on oh, Steam. Okay, and you know people will say that a lot. Uh, <laughs> but having said that, you know value. It's interesting because. I won't be able to keep these games. It's a it's a membership, right? It's a temporary thing. It's borrowing. So, sure, I probably won't buy some of the games, but there's like a game like Resident Evil 7. I probably would want to play that again eventually. And once it goes off Game Pass, I won't. So then it's like, mm, okay, that's a bit weird. Like uh, The uh, argument, argument for me is always it gets me to play games that I never would have purchased otherwise, like You Tell Me Wise and Spirit Fair and yeah. And I get to experience new things like Call of the Sea, which I'm like, Man, that was great. I wouldn't have bought that, you know? So, if, I, if it wasn't for the podcast, I certainly wouldn't get it. But I think it does make sense with the podcast because I could play a game like Medium and then trash it and, you know, not understand why people think that's a 9 out of 10 game. So for, for that kind of thing, that's good. Like, it was actually useful. Uh, speaking about the podcast, let's move on to Mike's review. So Mike is going to review Harvest Moon One World. He's also going to submit a written review to Vux.net quite shortly. I will. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested to see how you found this game, Mike. So first of all, if this gets uploaded as a separate segment, which I know it does, please don't make it the review because people are going to come and they're going to be super disappointed at what I'm about to say. <laughs> it's not a proper like it's long ass. <laughs> Yeah, but it's not like it's, it's not, not like it's, not, it's definitely going to be titled. We've already created a thumbnail which says out. review. I know that, but We've it's not thought it. out. I'm just putting this huge disclaimer. That's if fine. you're listening to this right now on YouTube, massive disclaimer. This isn't the traditional review that you would hear somewhere else. I'll give it a score at the end and all of that, and I'll talk about it, and hopefully it'll be entertaining enough for you. Well, that's a review. Settle up. Yeah, but it's not like a, a proper, you know, traditional <laughs> review expectation that people might expect. Might expect. I just don't want to hear any more of you're ignorant, you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. I get it. I am. I'm an idiot. I'm okay, ignorant. can I just say There's a lot of shit I I'll don't turn, know. I'll turn the comments off. For this no, 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 no. Keep the comments on. I'm all about transparency. I want I want to hear people diss me. That's it's it's part of growing as a human being. All right, go on to your review. All right. So one thing that I will say, however, is I am doing most of the talking, but I I am happy for you guys. In fact, I encourage you guys to butt in, ask questions as I talk about stuff. Don't you know, don't don't make this a monologue for me. Jump in. So, to begin with, 
I'll give you guys a bit of a quick history of Harvest Moon because I didn't know this before I started playing the game. I always assumed Harvest Moon was this game that, you know, started back in the SNES days and it, it just continued on and there were multiple iterations of it. I didn't really know the proper history behind it and then it's not quite as clear cut as that. So from the best of my ability and the research that I managed to do, it started off in 1996 uh, from a creator called uh, ya- Yashuhiro Wada. So he, uh, he worked for Victor Interactive Software, which later became Marvelous Inc. And he created this game series called Pakujo, uh, Bakujo, sorry, uh, Monogatari. And this was basically what was known as Harvest Moon for us. Now, over there, uh, so, so back in the days when this was created um, in Japan, um, they had to localize the series for the rest of the world, in, in particular, obviously, uh, the US and Europe. And that's where they got the services of a company called uh, Natsume, and they localized it and changed the name to Harvest Moon, which is the name that we're familiar with, um, in, in pretty much the rest of the Western nations. Now, after about 16 years, this is where it gets a little bit interesting, um, Marvelous Inc., who were the actual developers and creators behind the Harvest Moon games, decided to resign their uh, the, the publishing uh, rights from Natsume and decided to publish it themselves. Well, to publish it through Exceed, um, which, which meant that... Uh, they couldn't use the name because Natsuma had the rights to the name in the West uh, for Harvest Moon. So they ended up using the Story of Seasons name, which was basically what the original name was all along to this. So what he ended up is from about 2012, if I'm not mistaken, and Swinney, you the, you the historian in all of this, but from about 2012, you effectively ended up with two separate games, two separate IPs. You had... Story of Seasons, which was the true successor to the Harvest Moon games that people grew up with. And then you had the new Harvest Moon series created by Natsume, which were effectively a whole new IP in that sense. I mean, the IP was the same, but it was a whole new development team, totally different to what we knew as Harvest Moon. So... Was all that correct? Correct based on your your knowledge, Swinney? I, I think you got it Did right. I do my research. I think the original name like is Farm Story in Japanese, not Story Seasons. But other than that, I that's think, right. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think which is yeah, yeah. I think what Bakujo Monogatari means. Well, yes. Monogatari Story. So yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, there you go. Yes, cool. it's like yeah. the stories series. Yeah. So like yes. Ranch Story, Farm Story, yeah, Blah yeah, Blah Story. Yeah. Now, the reason I gave that little piece of history is because I think a lot of people... I, I had no idea about that. I just assumed, oh, well, Harvest Moon, this long-lasting IP, everyone loves it. Um, I was I was watching some videos where people thought it was Natsuma because that was what what's even on the box art on some of those games. Um, you know, Marvelous Inc. and certainly not Victor Interactive Software is not really mentioned all that much unless you flip it to the back and you really see it. As a kid, I, I'm um, like, oh, SNES, Harvest Moon, it's Natsuma. You know, as a kid, that's exactly. what I thought it was, yeah. Which is really fascinating. Um, so the reason I mentioned that is because that sets the context that the game that I played, which was Harvest Moon and the one that I'm reviewing at the moment, which is Harvest Moon uh, One World, is made by Natsume. So it's not made by the original developers. It's not, it doesn't have that history behind it. It's a new game made by a completely different team than all of the rest of the Harvest Moon games. Since I think the last... They did three other games, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, uh, so it's not split. it's not Natsumi's first Harvest Moon, but it's they they haven't released as many as um as there's been story seasons games. You know, there's been a lot yeah, of story seasons games. That's right. They certainly don't have that history, and I think that that sets the context to some of this. So so let, let, let's let's talk a bit about the game. Um, so story wise, you know, the protagonist basically wakes up, has has some sort of magic mushrooms. Because all of a sudden he sees all these weird harvest <laughs> sprites. Well, he starts seeing all these harvest sprites that he is literally the only person, he or she, because he can play. So that's what I was about to say. To were, you, were you playing as Ryan or Courtney? The, Ryan's the dude. In I played as Mike. <laughs> you can choose your name. I played as okay, Mike. Okay, so Mike is the dude. I was going to play as the Courtney, but then I thought... I thought my partner was going to play the game as well okay. until I told her how great it was, and then she decided not to play it. Smart. So I thought, ah, let her have you know the female character. I I picked that. Normally, normally actually, nah, not normally. It's probably about fifty fifty. Given the choice, it's about fifty fifty. I will pick the female. I actually want to over, over the that, male. That's interesting. I but, want to do a special sometime in the future about whether or not we choose male or female. <laughs> yeah, let, let's do it. Let's do, do, do it. I am. Super I already know mixed. what my answer is. What's your answer? Well, I don't, maybe, do we want to save tangent. it? It's not much of a... No, no, let's save it. Let's save it. Let's save it because it's okay. also going on a bit of a tangent. So anyway, so anyway, so your character wakes up, has some magic mushrooms. All of a sudden, you can see these these fairies, aka harvest sprites in the game. And and they tell them, hey, everything's gone to ruin. Uh, you know, there's no, there's no uh, food. There's no crops. There's no farming. Uh, you need to help revive the harvest goddess to get all that back. And then your mom sends you out on a little mini adventure at the start of the game to try to collect some seeds or try to collect food, but all you can find is potatoes because it seems to be the only thing that people eat in this place. Is this game set in Ireland? It, I was thinking exactly <laughs> that. I'm like, wow, where's this game set? By the way, your dad is completely out of the picture. I have no idea if it's intentional. I had hoped that it's sort of it comes later in the story, but spoiler alert, your dad just doesn't exist. I think your your mother was some sort of a Virgin Mary type dad, character. That doesn't exist. <laughs> well, you have no dad in the whole game. It's weird. Anyway, so next door to you, next door to you, you've got this this doctor who uh, who magically who, who's got this weird little contraption where he I thought it was a, it was a she at the start, but it turns out it's a he has this magical contraption called an expando farm. And that basically allows you to turn your farm into what I imagine is like a Pokeball of some sort. And you can take that farm and move it into anywhere else on the world map. Which sounds kind of cool in theory. It also makes no sense, by the way, because this doctor has this this weird ability to take your entire farm, animals included, crops, whatever, I don't know, whatever you have, and shrink it down to... to nothingness We're, and then you can rebuild somewhere else this ain't, yet this they ain't can't farming, get seeds this ain't farming Makes simulator no it's, it's not a sim it's definitely not a sim so anyway you take this expander farm and you go on this journey across the world the world if you could call it that literally you could travel traverse the entire world if the game wasn't so slow in like two minutes um <laughs> it's not much of a world trust me so you take this expander farm you move along and that's where one of my my key annoyances with the game begins. And that is that there's no permanence to any of the stuff that you do. So if you play a game like... I, I haven't, you know, traditionally played a lot of... Well, I think I've only played one of the previous Harvest Moons. So yes, that might sound ignorant. But I did put a shit ton of hours into Stardew Valley 
And I grew up on a farm as a kid, so I think that gives me some sort of credibility. What, what were you farming on that farm, just out of interest? And what country was that? Well, when I was a kid. Yeah. I, oh, all sorts of things. Because in the description, so had, I said you're farming turnips, but that was a joke. So No, we didn't farm turnips. No, no, no. So, so back, wait, wait, back wait, in those wait, days... Wait, wait, wait. Say the, say the I name don't of give another vegetable. His- say the name of their vegetable. Who, me? Yeah. Turnips. Oh, I thought you were going to say turnips or something like that. <laughs> no. It sounded like it. It's like, no. saying Sudoku. I don't know how to say turnips, thank you very much. <laughs> I don't say Sudoku. <laughs> all right, another <laughs> really, really quick history lesson. So I grew up in Europe, uh, and I grew up a whole bunch of my... I spent a lot of my time, especially summer holidays, with my grandparents. And back then, things were pretty self-sustaining. Not 100%. You still had, you know, the local grocery for a bunch of things. But they were extremely self-sustaining. So, we'd make our own bread. We'd grow all of our own vegetables. Uh, We had chickens, cows, sheep, horses, yada, yada, yada. So, a lot of the stuff that we did, we did ourselves. So, I learned how to take care of cows, milk them, all of that jazz. So, it it was really Harvest Mike, wasn't it? It was Harvest Mike back then, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, <Mike>. yeah. <laughs> which, which is why I really enjoyed games like Stardew Valley because it brought me back to that that mm. feeling of you know having having a farm and growing some vegetables and and all of that jazz. So I I, I love those kind of games, or at least I loved Stardew Valley to bits. It's mm. one of my favorite games of all time, probably. Um, but yeah, the problem I have with this, going back to my point, is there's no permanence. You just Take your farm, do what you need to do in that particular part of the world to resolve some inane quests that the locals have. And it's always really relatively pretty dumb stuff that if you, you know, look at it from anything other than a child's perspective, it makes absolutely no sense what's going on. And look, to be fair, it is kind of maybe a game that is designed for kids, um, and certainly in the in, in a lot of the language that's used in the in the writing, it's it's very very basic stuff. Um, but yeah, so my issue is you don't you don't get that permanence that you get when you play a game like Stardew Valley, where you get a proper farm and you can set stuff up and you plan things and it's always there and you come back to it and you, you take pride in it and you constantly expand on it and you improve it by you know getting better sprinklers. Um, putting more crops, allocating a particular section to it, clearing out some of the land to make room for it. It's none of that. In fact, unlike Stardew Valley, you only get set locations where you can even put seeds into the ground, which I think is a huge bummer. It's, there's, no, there's, there's just no fun or, or, or any involvement in that. And speaking of seeds, one of the biggest issues I have with this game is you can't, well, you can buy seeds, but that's not the way you're supposed to do it. And as far as I'm aware from what I've been playing around, the seeds are so expensive that it's just not worth buying a seed. And the only way you can buy a seed is if you sell enough of a particular type of product to the merchant to be able to get the seeds back and purchase them. The way you get the seeds is there's these random harvest sprites scattered around the map. So once a day, you can go and at a certain time of the day, you can go and pick them up and you get a seed. You're just running around like an idiot, just picking up these random seeds Wait, to be able to grow stuff. What the hell? Like, that's, to me, it's set, sounds it's a really shit fundamentally, like, I, I haven't played every single Harvest Moon Story Seasons game, but to me, the whole flow of that game is you can go to the store at any time by the, you know, often the season yeah. that it is will dictate what seeds are available. You can buy trees, but that's it. You can't, oh, you can't. That sucks. That yeah. really sucks. The only way you can do it, from what I've seen... And I'm pretty sure other reviews will corroborate this is if you sell enough of a particular thing, 
but even then it's not viable to buy to buy the actual seeds to grow them um and it, it's it's a really really it, they didn't I, I personally don't think they thought the mechanic through properly at all and it, it also just ruins the whole farming aspect of, as, aspect of it in my opinion it also introduces a bit of a almost like a random element to it um and it, it puts it puts in an unnecessary barrier to you wanting to grow particular crops and what really gets annoying and i might as well talk about it now is obviously the game has quests and a lot of the quests even the main quests in the game itself are fetch quests so you get to an area uh i won't mention which one not that not that it's not that it's even possible to spoil this game to be honest but anyway you get you get to an area and the leader of that area says we must throw a feast uh, go forth and find or oh, bring me three watermelons. So you're like, okay, fair enough. First of all, that's really shit riding. You want to throw this amazing giant feast and all you need is three watermelons? Whatever. I, I don't think we're expecting, life easy. like, you know, <laughs> novel, no, but like, novel quality it's just so, <laughs> I know that, but it just takes you out of the, it takes you out of the game so hard when, when things like that happen. Now, the problem is, I'll give this as an example, actually, since I'm, since I'm talking about it. The only way to get those watermelon seeds is you've got to figure out where exactly you can get watermelon seeds from. Lucky enough, the game is friendly enough that you can actually select. If you've already had a watermelon, uh, you can select uh, a little thing where it tells you roughly where on the map you can find it, find another watermelon. It doesn't tell you exactly which location because you've got to go to a specific one of those harvest sprites that, again, only you can see. No one else can for whatever reason. And you get the watermelon. So eventually after the course of three days, I got three watermelon seeds. I go to plant them. And one thing the game didn't explain to me properly is I happened to plant them in a a region where they mutated to a different type of melon, which this person (laughs) didn't accept. And I was sitting there going, how the hell do I get my watermelons? I just want plain old watermelons. I don't want these mutated special watermelons. So, So it's... Things like that happen a lot in the game. It's just constant fetch four of these, five of these, ten of these, whatever the case may be. And it just becomes this really inane, boring collection of fetch quests that made no sense. All right. We've got to talk about the most important thing of any Harvest Moon game. Yes. Uh, The Bachelorettes. So for the video presentation, I've got a special graphic that I just cooked up (laughs) while you were were droning on. Okay. Yep. yep. I wasn't uh, expecting that. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so the, the, there are five Bachelorettes. There's a DLC one, so I'm assuming... You know, I that don't have the out. DLC. Yep. That's okay, out, cool. yep. So uh, you're, do you want me to go through them or do you want to so go through So there's five Bachelors and five Bachelorettes. Well, let's, so you guys don't... Well, you can, oh, there's you no know, point going through them. I've been very... Yeah. I've been, I've been very... Uh, no, don't assume. Don't assume. I know, I know. Sorry, I'm, way off. Oh, okay. shoot. So I've got shoot, to ask I'm, a question. I'm, I'm oh. myself in the <laughs> Okay, before... The PC police are after me. <laughs> I've got to ask a question. Can you... Can you... If you've chosen the, the male character... Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. No, right. no, no. If Which... you're... Are you, were you the male character? Yeah. Yes, I was. Yeah. Could you could you romance the male character? So I don't want to get into the po- to the politics of this or anything. No, like it's not. That. I'm just asking. Can I, you romance the male? I characters? believe you can't. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I didn't try, but I, not... I know I read. I read some other stuff. I'm not surprised. surprising for yeah. a Japanese. Some people game. were compla- Some people did complain about that. But yeah. Okay. Okay. So I've done the so right thing. I knew that. I knew that yeah. before. By the way. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, yeah, of course you do that before you totally did assume. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the five bachelorettes. Do you want to run through them? And then Swinney and I will try to make character assassinations. I don't want to I mean, run judgments. through them because I don't even know who they are. I only cared about one of them. Okay, well, don't, don't give it away, Swinney style. I'm not going to give it don't away. Don't give no, it no, away no, 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 at no. the start, Swinney style. You need to guess <laughs> who it is. So I'll go through them then. So there's yeah. Ahina, Gabrielle, Malika, Laura, and Kersey. Correct, Swinney? Well, I'm looking at the Wikipedia, and that seems correct to me. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yep. So we've got like a geez. Do I go through them from visual perspective for the descri- audio listener? A, yeah, I think you should. I think you should give a visual description. <laughs> oh my god! And a very brief <laughs> description of their personality as well. So no, no. We can, can you do it? You'll play the game. I didn't play the game. But I didn't talk to most of them properly. <laughs> oh, this is the people that I haven't played a card describe the personality. <laughs> just, just, just describe it. Just describe it. You've got it open. I don't have the page open. Oh so god. Just, Okay, well, let's 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 go back and forth, Swinney. I'll do the first one, and okay, then you do okay. the other one. Right. So I'll start cause again. The the order that I've done it in is uh, Ahina, Gabrielle, Malika, uh, Laura, and then Kersey. Okay. So we'll go in that order, Swinney. Right. And I'll start with Ahina. So Ahina, uh, you know, she's one of your marriage candidates. She to me, you know, very short uh, mini skirt, pink top. Kind of cutesy style with glasses, nerd, cutesy, you know, could imagine a movie about her. She looks not so good. She's got her glasses on. By the end of the movie, makeup, take the glasses off. She's a stunner. <laughs> That's kind of style that they're going for. Okay, uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. In terms of personality, what do we see on the wiki? She's a chef in training. She marches to the beat of her own drum. She has a can-do attitude. I don't and recall any coffee. of the characters having a drum, by the way, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> And uh, she's she's from the Oceanside village of Halo Halo. <laughs> well, so, hello, hello. All right, so that's that's me, the first one. You can cover Gabriel Swinney. Okay, so Gabriel... <laughs> and by the way, we're going to get in so much trouble, or potential trouble here. But yeah, let's go. So Gabriel is a young... <laughs> I'm not saying anything. ...is a young witch with a distant relative who may just Ooh. come as a surprise to the player. She's not the really weekend. a witch, but anyways, yeah. Well, if you didn't talk to her, how would you know? No, I did. Okay, I actually talked to all of them. Okay. I talked to all of them. So yeah. she is a veterinarian um, who tends to avoid people, prefers to live alone, um, and is based in the mm-hmm. town of Kellison with her cat. But despite her cool exterior, she's a very caring person deep down. So she's Ooh. got a very rocker mm-hmm. look, um, you know, wearing a cool bit of an emo cool kid hoodie, um, you know, streak of streak of pink in her blonde hair. Yeah, that's Gabrielle. Cool. She was, she was, so, so with Ahina, by the way, I, will, I, I can give a brief description of them from my perspective. Ahina was like the cutesy kind of character, uh, friendly, super friendly. Gabrielle was the complete opposite. She was really just, just discounted everything he said at the start. But Didn't really want to talk to you. I think all that you're kind of giving stuff. it away if you actually. I'm this. not because you still don't know well, who it okay. is, Mike. Mike, let, let me let, <laughs> let us finish the final three. Okay, okay. And I won't say anything. Won't you, say anything. No, no, you can you can give your input on each one as you go through. Okay, okay so yeah. Malika, so Malika, she's got the kind of beach, you know, hippie kind of vibe going. Like, you know, she's from the desert, carefree, by the way, from the desert, not from the beach, the desert. It's got like a purple. No, but I'm saying her style, her vibe. You know, okay, she's yeah, got. Yeah. You know the 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 Hawaiian island style. You know uh, what do they call that flower? Lay the lay she's on meant, her head. She's, she's got a she's lay meant on her to head. Be Middle Eastern, by the way. Yeah, the she's a, she's a lady of color. Uh, you know what? What yeah. she loves the water. She loves animals. She does not flowers. Love them. 
and playing the lute. Where are you getting this playing information? The she loves the water. <laughs> hey, this is an official. Yeah, uh, it's, it's, in the wiki. Water. it's in the wiki. There's man. no water in the official wiki. I've and, got it open right here. Oh, yes, it is. And Mike, yes, it is. Mike, she tends to playfully tease the one she loves. Oh. So, what are your brief impressions without giving away if you picked her? Uh, I thought she was she was cool. Pretty sort cool. of normal character. Yeah. Nothing weird about her. Nothing. She wasn't arrogant. She wasn't overly crazy sweet or anything like that. Uh, the water thing. She does. Where does she loves the water. I she loves the water. That. So it says in the wiki. Maybe, can't can't deny the wiki. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> right. well, Swinny, right, sure. Laura, you you got Laura next. Okay, so Laura does not much in the wiki about Laura except some weird <laughs> code. Awesome, some weird code in there that's like <laughs> is she a robot? Um, no, it's actually they're missing some of the description, right? <laughs> yeah, well, I can tell you. I can tell you a bit about her. That's fine. Um, so yeah, so she is a young girl with a memory disorder. Uh, which causes her to yes. forget things, and she's from the town of Lubkuchen, and her brother yep. is Tristan. Lubkuchen, and Lubkuchen. she she looks almost like I don't know, like Swedish or so. Yeah, kind yeah, of so European. I, I think they're quite. I think Kauai. they are going for that Swedish Germanic type of look in that town. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely, all the people there are, are from there. So she suffers from amnesia, so she just forgets you the next day. <laughs> so you actually know more about these characters than I thought. Yeah, no, you know a lot, actually. No, you, actually, you know I, I, let's just say I've spoken at length to most of them. So yes, and I'll, I'll cover the last ones. And the last one is Kersey. So Kersey, she's her vibe, her style is very like snow chic. You know, she looks like New Yorker in winter style. Mm-hmm. The uh, redhead, she, yeah, wow. redhead. We, she's the we redhead. Need to point out, she's the redhead. Yeah, that's the right. Redhead, I think. Uh, she's the redhead. Uh, she likes heads. to teach children in the town and. She is a, a passion for archaeology, uh, but mm-hmm. you know she's from 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 a cold weather place, and she's very intelligent and logical. So that's the five well, eligible bachelors, and we want to know bachelorettes, you know, bachelorettes, and we want to yeah. know who you're giving your rose to. Uh, mm-hmm. so we're going to take guesses, are we, <laughs> Swinny? Do you want to first say who would you yeah. pick? Do you want to just quickly say who, who, who I you would pick? pick? Oh, who you would yourself? Mm, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, yep, yep, yep. I'm curious. I mean, I'm you know like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit of a metalhead. Gabrielle does kind of, uh, you know, okay, kind yeah, of yeah. a bit there, but I don't know the uh, may- style. maybe you know the the cat thing. I don't know if I can do. It seems like maybe she'll <laughs> like a cat more than me. Um, because so I kind of go between Gabrielle and uh, is it Malika? I think Malika yeah, looks yeah. pretty cool. You know, okay. like she's got a cool style. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm thinking uh, bugger it, Gabrielle. Gabrielle. So for me, 100 percent Malika. Like, no doubt in my mind, straight away from the start. You know, I need someone wow, in my okay. life who's, like, chilled, you know, more like hippie-ish. Yeah. I think it's bad she's, if I... She's pretty chill. I think the rest just don't don't vibe with me. I get what you're saying about Gabrielle, but I, I think she'll be too into the same type of music as me. Too many metal bands. <laughs> <laughs> the same. All right, let, let's get to Mike. Yeah, you'll have pretty metal I, I feel like I know the answer. I, I feel like okay, I know the answer. Okay, what's the answer? Wow. Okay, let's go. What do you guys but think? But can we play along? Can we play along and, like... You know, guess as if we don't know. I feel like Swinney and I know the answer. Well, what do you reckon, I don't know. Do, you know. do you think you know the answer? I think I know what the answer is. I think it's got to be. I think he's, he went for Malika. I think it's got to be Malika. Oh, so I thought I'm. I'm almost 100 percent sure she went. He went for Gabrielle. Wow, you're both way off. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Okay, wait, wait. Stop, stop, stop. I have. I have a second <laughs> choice. I have a check for the second choice. Now we have three left. This is not really part of it, but I'm just thinking on the fly. So now we have okay, Ahina, yeah. who's the kind of like cutesy short skirt girl. Laura, she's the kawaii 
from you know Sound of Music style, and then Kersey is the the smart. So one. I'm gonna go Kersey. It's the second. Oh, I was gonna say Kersey as well. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go Ahina then. I'm gonna go Ahina then. You're gonna go Ahina. Wow. Okay. So one of you is wrong. One of you is right. Kersey's right. Yeah. No. Oh, I'm right. It's Ahina. Whoa. Now, who's, wait, wait. So here's why it's Ahina. <laughs> I've got to hold backwards. There is a specific reason why. Can I just say, maybe trying to re-describe her again. She's kind of like, you know, girls who go to Halloween parties and they want to dress up as like blank firefighter or blank policewoman, if you can imagine what the blank is. Hey, hey, she's got more personality than that. (laughs) Okay, okay, go on. Like, I may have been attracted by her ridiculously short skirt, (laughs) yes, but... (laughs) (laughs) That had nothing to do with the reason why I picked her as my romance option. Thank you very much. Go on. Okay, so the real reason why I picked her as my romancing option... She's close And this is legit a hunt. Well... Which is the first one. She's the alphabetical order. That's pretty much it. No, no, no. It's because she had by far the easiest favorite food to give her, which is coffee. (laughs) So it's low bar, the low bar. It was the absolute low bar. So I figured... Do it's I like, sit it's here? Live gaming imitating life. Oh, man. <laughs> so basically what had happened was I sat there and I went, okay, who are the possible bachelorettes? Okay, fair enough. These are it. And I look through the, the one quality of life feature that the game does have, which I'll give it a, a big tick for, is it tells you what their favorite foods are and obviously what they hate, but more importantly, what their favorite foods are. And... All the other ones had convoluted foods that I think either had to, you had to get the ingredients and then you had to mix them up (laughs) and you had to create the dishes. All Ahina wanted was coffee. (laughs) And it's like the easiest thing to make in the whole game. So I'm like, wow, that's a no brainer. Ahina, it is. So basically, what I then did is I went out to the shop, I bought 16 saplings of coffee, and I grew, I created a coffee farm. (laughs) <laughs> for, for, for the sole purpose, That's and by the way, the game absolutely crawls to a halt when you have sixteen coffee trees. In case you're wondering, <laughs> what? it's so unoptimized. It runs at like four frames a second <laughs> oh, or something. No. But it was worth it. It was worth it because I created this this huge coffee empire just to appease and and you know get into Ahina's. Well, she's not wearing pants, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 right. Let's go. You know what I mean? It. Yeah, let's just... Well, that's the whole point of dot, romancing dot, dot. someone. Because eventually you're supposed to make... <laughs> I like kid, what a guess, stereotype type of a anyway. guy you are. That's the well, whole no, point no, no, of no, romancing someone. But, but the, the, that's the, the point only is, point. No, well, in this game, that's the point. In the Well, okay. There's more to it than that. I don't think it actually is in There's more to it than that. Well, no, because you do. It's like you move in and then you have kids and stuff. But anyway, I'll get to that part in a bit. So, so I built this giant coffee empire, and then every day I was basically her coffee drug dealer where I would just <laughs> pump her full of caffeine, gave her multiple coffees a day, like four or five coffees a day. I'll just keep selecting the coffee. Here's a coffee. Here's a coffee. Here's a coffee. <laughs> you don't actually have to do that, by the way. I think you can only give one gift a day to get the heart stuff moving. Um, and, you know, like in a typical fashion in this game, after a few coffees, she, you know, started liking me a bit. And then a few more coffees, she liked me a bit more. And the next thing I know, she was full on into me. <laughs> so so I, I, I got her to five five hearts. And then I went, okay, well, what's next? Oh, you need a bigger house. Of course, you got to get a bigger house. So in order to get a bigger house, you got to do a bunch of stuff. Upgrade your tools, do all of this, get these materials, spend 75,000 
schmeckaroos, gold coins, whatever they use in the game. Um, so I I spent a bit of time. I don't know how long it took, but it took quite a bit of time to get to 75,000. Uh, it, it's not... Because of the way the game works and because you have to randomly get those seeds, it's not like Stardew Valley where you can buy a really good seed and then grow it, get the profits, buy some other really good seeds and, you know, keep repeating. Well, I, I had tens of millions in Stardew Valley, I think, by the end of the game when I just gave up because I did everything in that game at the time. Um, whereas in this, it's kind of random. You just have to find all these seeds and try to make money somehow, and it's 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 difficult. But eventually, I got enough to upgrade that house, and it turns out that's not enough because you need to buy an even bigger house. They always want more. They always want, always want more. They, they always, always want, more. want more. They always want the bigger house. They want the Mercedes parked at the front. She wasn't happy with the single bed, you know that. And are you going to be happy with a single well. bed? Yeah, well, there was a couch in the house as well. I was happy to take the couch. I didn't see a problem with it, but apparently that's a problem. But how you can't how are you going to get a baby harvest mic if you're sleeping on the couch? Exactly. Well, we would have used the couch. <laughs> or, the, or the bed. I don't know. Does it matter? One of the two. <laughs> point, point, I don't point. want to sit on your couches anymore. <laughs> point is, it would cost 350,000 coins Sheesh. to get... The house upgraded. And I went, man, that's like hours and hours and hours. Mm. And what are you going to get out of it? A lifetime of of a kid whining and Ahina <laughs> being unhappy because my, I don't know, I gave up on my dream of becoming the world's biggest coffee distributor or something. And I just wanted to become an unemployed writer or something. Mm. So you get, so, so anyway, you gave up and you you stayed as a I bachelor. Gave up. Is there like I stayed as a bachelor like a we, we, or something, you know? Well, no, no, her and I still, you know, meet up on the side. She's still into <laughs> me. I still provide her the daily five or six coffees. So yeah. It was a it was a cool oh, romance God. while it so, lasted. So wrapping up the review, what what would you give this game out of ten? What, hang on, there's a couple of other really quick things I need to talk about. One, which is the animals. So the way you get animals is obviously you can go buy them, but you can also find animals in the wild. So at the very start of the game, the first animal I had was a brown bear, uh, which I call Barry the Bear. And then I had a cow, which was Cowie the Cow, and they coexisted happily in my barn for some reason, even though Barry tended to eat a lot of Cowie's Wait, was feet. it Barry, not Barry? No, Barry, Barry oh, the bear. Okay. I was about to say, because yeah. you had Cowie the cow. So I had that. I had Harry the hare. So I befriended a hare eventually after a few weeks and stuff. And Harry was my pet inside the house. Wait, the is problem- that Harry or Harry? Harry. H-A-R-R-Y. Okay. I'm uh, getting some inconsistency. It's the way I pronounce the words. It's Barry and Harry. And then I got Harold the horse. And by the end of the problem was it's really expensive to feed these animals. And I know that happens in real life. I'm sure. So you tiger king them. Well, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I had to, I had to just, you know, get rid of some of them. In fact, I got <laughs> rid of all of them. them. I did. I, I had to get rid of, I just couldn't afford to, I could just, you can't afford to actually feed these animals. You can't. So the only one that was left was Harold the horse because he had a practical, practical use of you know being able to take me across the map a little quicker although you, you can fast travel once you've actually completed a particular part of the world 
Uh, so, so that kind of sucked because I wanted to, you know, have the animals and feed them and, 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 and stuff, but it just became too cost prohibitive. So I had to get rid of them, which was a bit disappointing. <laughs> uh, so we talked about performance. Performance is pretty shocking given that there's not a, ha- not a lot happening on the actual screen. Mm. And when I ended up with those 16 coffee trees for Ahina, it was shockingly bad. And there's <laughs> this constant stutter with sound. Uh, it, it's 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 really surprising how bad it actually runs, given that there's not a lot happening very, on the screen. Very good question on that. Can you change the camera at all, or is it a fixed camera? No, you can. Okay. So you can either go... You can zoom in and out. Zooming out actually also drops the performance significantly, I found. This game does uh, not look... It's the most unoptimized game, game I've ever played. This game looks pretty bland <laughs> and generic, so I'm surprised it's exactly, that it runs like crap. Exactly. To be it's fair, like, to be fair, I'm not defending them, but it. sim games are actually... Uh, deceptively hard to optimize well. Yeah, but there's nothing really... There's nothing actively really needing that much simulation throughout the day. Hmm. And it's not even like, how do I explain it? So in Stardew Valley, characters feel like they've got their own life and at any one point in time, based on whatever schedule they have, they will be at a certain place and they'll walk around and they'll go to sleep and they'll go to the park and they'll go do this. In this game, they literally appear and disappear in front of you. Oh, wow. So at 3 p.m., <laughs> if at 3 p.m. Awesome. they're supposed to appear in a particular spot, they just appear in that spot right in front of you. If you have to give them something, like, like if you got to hand in one of their stupid quests and you're there at 3.01 and you're about to press the A button to interact with them, they're gone. They just disappear in front of you. <laughs> it's really, really, really bad. Like, it's ridiculously bad what they've done with this game. And here's the, my biggest scrap with it overall. You can get something like Stardew Valley for 17 Australian dollars. Mm. This game is 70 Australian dollars. <laughs> it's over four 70? times the price. <laughs> 70? Yeah. Seven yep. zero. It's a 7-0 game. It's a $70 game, and it literally is worse than a lot of mobile games that I've seen. And it, it is way, 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 way worse than something like Stardew Valley that's a quarter of the price and probably has four times the features. So in light of all of that, you know, I, I give this at the moment, and I'm still writing the official review, but at the moment it's sitting at about a five, if that. Five out of ten. That's, I think that's yeah. generous, it sounds Not like. five out of five? No, I feel like it might, it might even be less. No, it's five out of ten. At best, it's yeah. interesting. It's a full really, price really game dis- in Australia, but it's game. fifty US in the the states. I just checked GameStop, which is which is seventy dollars Australian, give or take, isn't it? No, but like Switch games don't really go much more than seventy dollars in Australia. It just it mm. feels like it's a full price game in Australia, but it's a slightly discounted, but still not very discounted game in the states. It's 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 way overpriced. So from way, a Vook's perspective, that would be two and a half out of five. Uh, it might end up being a two, to be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll have a think about it, and I've taken a whole bunch of notes, and I feel like I've done the game justice. So mm. I wanted to play it properly. I wanted to go through the full season. I wanted to, well, thanks to to Swinney pushing me towards it, really try to romance someone properly yeah. so you can experience that. I've done all the different side quests. I've revived that Harvest Goddess. So I've gone through the story. Uh, the full storyline. I've done the mining. I've talked to every character. I've done literally, I think, everything you kind of do other than grinding unnecessarily for useless things at the end. Mm. Um, and so I, th- I feel like I've really played the game properly. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned for the full thing. But from our perspective at the moment, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Okay. Good review, Mike. It was quite funny, especially the 
Bachelorette segment. Well, very, that's thanks to, to you guys. Well, <laughs> very surprising result. I did not. She would have been like, yeah, definitely well, third I don't or think she would have been. She wouldn't have probably been my primary one if it wasn't for the fact that she likes easy. coffee. It was easy. Is this most reliable way to romance someone? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap up the show. Uh, so, as always, if you do want to uh, reach out to us, reach out to us on Twitter, BigWigPod, uh, or reach out to us at BigWigPod at gmail.com. As always, give us a like, a follow on YouTube and also on your podcast service of choice. And next week, we'll be covering our retrospective of Donkey Kong Country Returns, uh, which is available on the Wii and the 3DS. So if you haven't played that, maybe have have a crack and then hear our Mm. thoughts on it. I think I will. And also, we do know that uh, Square Enix have announced their spring showcase. So there might be some cool announcements that come out of that. But with that, bye-bye. See ya. Ciao.